Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new. <laughs> welcome to a new um, Now we have to do it again. <laughs> welcome to a new life. episode of the Minmax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. My name is Ben Hanson, and this is a rare live episode, a flawless live episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Leo Vader. Hi, Hanson never does that. We never have to restart like that. But it's, the live episode, of course. You just get up in your head. Uh, joined by Sarah Pazorski. Hello. Hello, and joined by Kyle the Killer Hilliard. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Chia DLC. Did you? I hope you saw this. Wait, DLC? DLC? <laughs> Wait, it's did we cost- watch the same state of play? It's the look. I look. We we can get into it quickly here at the beginning, but they they have costumes from other games. What? And one of the other games, uh, Brian Chase sent me this. Shut up. Game former Scorn. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no. All right. What does it look like? It looks like her organs are on her outside. <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't tell if this is like an early April Fool's. No, let's like, see if I'll, I'll, I'll maybe I can send it to you guys here. That on, is on, uh, bizarre. On Discord or something. Okay, look, we can never into it, but uh, for this podcast, we're going to be talking about the new state of play from Sony, some PSVR news, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. We're going to be talking about Lucky Dragon Ishin. We're going to talk about Shadows of Doubt, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line. We have some great community questions in the back half of the show. Um, let's kick it off with yeah the state of play stuff. Uh, Chia. Kyle, since you you opened this can of worms, uh, we finally get a release date for this game. If you don't recall, Chia, it's the one that, um, tough to say, tougher to spell, T-C-H-I-A. It is one that we talked about playing the preview build of a little while ago where, Sarah, what's the pitch for this thing? How would you describe Chia? It looks like Wind Waker, but you never left Outset Island. And also, Mm. it's being ruined by pollution. Right. And also, you can transform... Like prop hunt or I mean, like prey. I mean, technically, Wind Waker, you could transform into a seagull. So I feel like I okay. cover that base. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. It's, it's a game largely about transformation. I get it. Um, but that is a Chia, and they finally announced the release date for this thing. It's coming out March 21st, 2023. And then they also, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, because we're hot off the presses here. We just watched this thing. But they also announced that it's coming out on PS Plus Extra and Premium, kind of that stray model. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even know if I'm subscribed to that, but I'm excited for Chia. I am um, too. Yeah, I, good, good, good impressions from playing that preview build. Uh, I, yeah, I like what I played. Sarah, so we streamed our reactions to the state of play. If you want to go and watch that, uh, Sarah had a hot take on Chia, where you said, "I hope it it's wasn't not a hot take." It was, it was so hot. You should have seen the chat light up when you said it. But you're like, "I hope it's not too gamey. I hope it's not like stray." I was hope that they're not going to make me do like a stealth section as a dolphin, where I'm like pushing mines around before they explode, and if I get too close to the mine, I'll die. Like, I hope they don't stray it. Is what I think I said. Right. Like, right. I hope they keep it as fun and, like, whimsical as it actually looks in the previews. If it's just, like, a systems-heavy sandbox, open-world zelda experience, that's the goal. You don't want that. You don't want to be frustrated in a big way at any point in Chia. That's, like, ultimately the shorthand for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get a little worried when I see sort of more, like, just like I guess, like, standard game design where it's, like, here's the level. Here where you, here's where you are. Here's where you need to get. Right. Solve some puzzles. Dodge some you know pollution clean up the world like i don't know it looks so much more exploratory yeah and then it tend- it like closed up the minute you started to like go into more like the gamey sections like that dark section where you're like shooting in the dark right and i was like oh like that's other people are gonna love that not me personally all right it, it, look if a game is so close to wind waker any deviation from wind waker you'll be like tis 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 no i mean it's fine to deviate but like no you know, I'm getting a little like, you know, Stray looked so good and then it just turned out to be 
like following every other algorithm that games have. Well, we do know for sure she is not linear. So we know that. Yeah, that seems huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And just from the bit that we play, just knowing how loose it is with what you can turn into, how you can just become a radio and throw yourself into the ocean within minutes. Like, you know, it seems, it seems silly enough. I'm really, really curious to see how this all sticks together. I thought it was interesting, Kyle. You can go back and check out our reaction if you're really curious. I thought it was interesting that, you know, they have that ambiguous Sony lady voice throughout the state of play. Um, (laughs) It doesn't have a name or a face or identity or anyway, but they, they said, they're like, Chia is one of our most anticipated games. It's like, isn't that weird for like the narrator voice to be like, this one's really good though. (laughs) Yeah. Who's saying it? I wonder if Sony just internally, if they have high expectations for it or something. Yeah, I think so. And you know, the fact that they're partnering with it, but you know, if they're trying to use it as a way to push PS plus and uh, extra and premium, I guess they're kind of incentivized to do it. But yeah, I I am very curious about Chia. I hope to learn more about it soon. Winky winky. But yeah, March 21st, 2023 (laughs) is when this thing is is actually coming out. And you guys did see in the Discord chat that I put the image, right? Mm. So it's you got Sifu. Yeah. You've got Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn, which is not out yet. Cat Quest. And then Scorn, obviously. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Leo. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm for it. It reminds me, Leo, uh, you said that you were playing more Sifu, like over the holiday break. And you said we completely blew it, by the way, with two tens by not giving yeah. Sifu its due. Yeah. Yeah, but but you played the updated version where they sort of address the sort of difficulty, right? How so? By making it more making it more palatable. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like new uh, difficulty options or something, which yeah, I, I didn't. Could be, I could be wrong. Mm. But you just fell in love with it in a new way. I I'm, I forgot how much I loved it. I feel like what you did with Elden Ring, where you were almost gonna give it to God of War, and then you went back to Elden Ring, and you're like, well, obviously this has to be the game. Of the year. Yeah. I yeah. feel like all my contenders, I should have gone back and just spent like ten minutes just feeling what it's like to play it again. Yeah. That was my take, my lesson, because I was like, you know, I loved this when it came out too. I just forgot exactly how good it felt. That's the thing. You remember like getting frustrated at times in the structure of the game, but you forget like the controller in your hand. Sifu feels amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, that's a natural segue to Kyle. What'd you think of that state of play overall there buddy that Resident Evil 4 trailer was exciting <laughs> i loved that i yeah yeah it was it was pretty underwhelming overall the vr stuff i actually went in weirdly excited for because i was like psvr 2 is out i've been yes. playing it a lot there's not a lot there they have a a good uh place here to showcase exciting stuff i thought for sure beat saber would get a release date if mm. nothing else interesting and then it was like nothing stood out to me at all in the VR section. Yeah, it's it's the classic problem. You know, if Sony says, hey, we're having a state of play, expectations are automatically going to go through the roof. And I feel like they were trying as much as they could to message it of like, okay, it's going to be a lot about Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, we're going to have five new VR titles. But I feel like they were doing their best to not hype it up, but still it's tough not to have the takeaway from this data play be like a little underwhelming, especially like, you know, the PSVR well, it's t- just right. It's so funny because Nintendo just does it almost too much now. Like they had, they recently are like, hey, the final trailer of Super Mario Brothers is coming. Isn't that exciting? And then right. in that tweet, they're like, by the way, there's not going to be any game stuff in here. So like, please don't. Don't get <laughs> like, excited. Don't even ask. Okay. But I felt like that was a good way to go. Like, otherwise people would just be imagining, yeah. okay, this is where we're going to, this is going to be the blowout right for some call. reason. Yeah. 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 It's just as much as they can reveal what's in there ahead of time without the specifics. I, I still feel like they needed, I don't know, some sort of degrees of severity of like, this is a state of play and it's, this is going to be a five-star state of play. This is going to be a two-star. Just like tell us your rating ahead of time, publishers, so we know what to expect. Because I feel like the last Nintendo Direct, they could have been like, 
by the way, a minus material coming right up, you know, like there's, there's a way that they can catch, catch a fit. That, that's, you can miss this one. <laughs> Stay home. Yeah. Stay home. So Don't show up. There is good stuff in the state of play. And there's yeah, a couple yeah. of highlights in particular I would love to focus on, but it seemed like this is the time, the week of the PSVR 2 launch. And it seemed like, look, there's a lot we can unpack here with PSVR 2. It seemed like the takeaways, people being like, good tech. I need something else. I need the software to show me the power of VR, something here, Sony. And so this is the big state of play where they're like, hey, we got five new PSVR 2 titles. And then they start the presentation with them. And they all, no offense, but they all seem totally fine. The the new yeah. games that they showed, it's like, hey, it's kind of like Green Hell VR. It kind of looks like Far Cry. Here's the Synapse game where you're kind of shooting some folks. Here's Foglands VR where it's kind of, there's some cards, but then also you're running around shooting some folks. Like I needed to see something. I know this is a high bar, but yeah. something like new in VR and none of these experiences that they were showing was giving me a thrill. And it really is a bummer that like, this yeah. is this is the week to impress and sell us and it's not here. Yeah. I, and not to mention before your eyes was already announced. Right, right. Yeah. And that's going to be cool in VR. I'm really curious yeah, to check that out. It's one of my favorite games, maybe ever at this point. Like I really love before your eyes. <laughs> Sarah, top 20 of all time before your eyes, at least. That's crazy. Well, I don't know about that. I think it's pretty logical. I'm happy for you, but that's crazy. Really? Yeah. What's your number 20? I don't know. Right. I never got to 20. Yeah, get back to us. Uh, Leo, how are you feeling about it? Uh, as somebody who's VR, pro VR, and maybe PSVR curious, if I may put words in your mouth, like, what do you think about you everything they're showing so far? Yeah, it looked perfectly serviceable. It's really hard to picture what would get people into VR at this point. Because even me, who's liked a lot of experiences in VR, I feel like vr chat with friends is the only experience in it i would consider like completely transcendental and something that everybody on earth should do and everything else is like <laughs> it's cool to do this in vr rather than with a mouse and keyboard right or whatever. right but so, so like that kind of <laughs> facebook horizon is like sp spoiling the well so much for like come have a cool vr social experience you know i feel like that's something that could get people excited and people should be excited about but it's like how could you but facebook talking about it, it feels like your boss telling you to do it or something it's like eh, <laughs> yeah I'm not, exactly i'm not interested in that but yeah at least for me if somebody were to do more something more interesting in that space social right rather than just you can reload a gun in a funkier way but yeah they mm -hmm. showed them they, they closed vr home or something like that like honestly i mean yes. i would i'd be interested i would want to see what they would try um, but yeah, Journey to Foundation from the Foundation universe, Isaac Asimov's Foundation, seemed to be how they were closing out their five new PSVR 2 games. And so, you know, if you're an Isaac Asimov fan, you've always wanted to live in that world a little bit. Maybe this is the thrill of a lifetime. But I think from the outside, it's, just, it's another one of those like, okay, this seems all right. Um, but let's talk about positive things before we dive back into some more negative pleas for the love of God. Uh, Sarah, what do you think was the highlight of the whole state of play? when it ended how oh. dare you <laughs> this is the positive section sorry sorry um we got to see more baldur's gate 3 there it is still there looks it is. great it's still coming i'm so happy yeah so um, that, august 31st that was jk simmons right cave johnson himself it right? sounded like it have they confirmed it anywhere like we're really hot off the presses so i'm not sure but it did well, sound like him when it first started, I actually was like, is this a Korra? Like, I don't know why, but I was like, a Korra game, maybe? Because he's like a big character in Korra. Oh, really? Avatar, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know why my brain went there. <laughs> it's like, but Weird. it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it looks like, yeah, there's a new character, General Catheric Thromtha. 
don't forget it, um, who's voiced by J.K. Simmons for Baldur's Gate 3. If nice. 10 years ago, Kyle, if I can go talk to little baby Kyle in the crib and I said, baby Kyle, they're going to make hold it. On. Just to establish it was 2013. Right. When you slept in the crib. <laughs> As an adult with a, my own child and a full-time job. <laughs> Check your calendar, man. But I said, they're going to make a Baldur's Gate 3 and J.K. Simmons is going to star in it. It's not on anybody's bingo card. But uh, yes, they did it. I like everything they showed about Baldur's Gate 3 here. It seems nerdy, good fun. Like we're talking about it in the reaction. I'm just like, it's nice to see them leaning into like, Mm-hmm. They're proud of how dorky it is in a really fun, yeah. systems-focused way. There's nothing, like, smooth or, like, pre-rendered about their trailers. Right. Like, it all looks incredibly in-game. Right. Which I think is, like, very refreshing. Totally. Um, yeah. But, like, it is kind of hard to parse, especially in, like, those types of top-down games, what's going on if you haven't played it already. But, mm. but definitely not, looks exciting. But they're not interested in, yeah, being so slick with the trailers no, even. To the no. point even that they know their audience and they showed like split screen co-op what it looks yes. like in this game. Which if you're a fan of like the original Sin and original Sin 2, like I know a lot of folks played those games co-op. So I even when this started, I was like, is this going to have local co-op? And then the fact that they show that in a trailer. Anytime they're showing split screen in a trailer, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you get the gamers. You got the gamers right. <laughs> Good job, Larian. Uh, Leo, do you have a highlight of the whole thing? When it started. Yeah. <laughs> when I had hope in my heart. Uh, is there anything stand out for you? Or should I inject one into your face? Uh, please inject one. Leo, let me tell you what the highlight was for you. It was uh, that game called Humanity from oh yeah enhanced games i totally forgot about that did you i don't know how it's possible because this is one of the weirdest trailers i've ever seen in my life um so we've seen this thing before i was under the impression that it was like co-developed by enhanced games but this makes it seem like it is just an enhanced games game and they made tetris effect and res infinite if you if you don't recall um but humanity it's uh you play as a little glowing dog apparently and you're guiding hundreds or thousands of people around what looks like a maze from IQ on the original PlayStation. Kyle, can you do a better job of summing up what the hell's happening in humanity? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I think the, the fascinating thing is, is like you're sort of controlling gigantic crowds and they're right. like sort of move in these big lines. And like visually, it was like really cool. And I was like, oh, Enhance, what is this? This was like a highlight. I know we're making yeah. jokes, but like this and Resident Evil 4 were like the things that stood out to me. I, I wasn't aware of it. I missed it during the original announcement. Oh, really? But I will, I will say like I have no concept of like what the game actually is or how it plays from watching the trailer. It just looks interesting and I like Enhance. And that's right. kind of for me. Yeah, and they showed off the level creator and it seems like puzzles of Trish trying to navigate. It looks like... I don't know. I thought of like Echo Chrome, maybe a little bit like um, what's your beloved mobile game that everybody liked a lot with the little birds and you walked around. Angry Birds. That's it. No, Monument Valley. That's what I was trying oh, to think Monument of. Valley. You know, it's a little bit like that. But if you play that with hundreds of people, it just looks like a trigger thing. I was sold on it just when the trailer started. It's like I think it's just refreshing to have a trailer show up in a state of play like this where it's like I cannot understand what I'm looking at. And you know, when I'm hungry for like new experiences, this at least looks like a new gaming experience and it's cool that it's, you can play it in VR if you want. That said, it is a little bit scary. I hate to be Debbie Downer with PSVR and VR in general, but it is a little bit scary. Like even if enhanced games is like, we're hedging our bets. It's playable in VR, but like we're not going to go all in on VR exclusives because 
even though we're experts with the tech at this point, even we aren't fully sold on the financial viability of this. So it's a little... I think it's a cool thing to make VR though. Yeah. I like VR experiences where you're hovering over a little table where things are happening. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I uh, I started playing Moss finally after years of everybody saying like, hey, Moss is really good. And playing that in PSVR, it's like, okay, this does feel great. I didn't... Even though I've seen trailers for the Moss games for years where you control the little cute mouse named Quill and go around adventures and it kind of feels like Redfall. Um, but uh, like I didn't expect just that cuteness of how compelling it is to feel like you're looking at small things. Like I, there's just something about yeah, the yeah. camera in that game where it's like, okay, even from trailers, I don't quite understand just how intimate each room feels in Moss as you're running around. But uh, that's humanity, everybody. Uh, they also showed Goodbye Volcano High, where it's a bunch of dinosaur people kissing and the internet was rejoicing. We didn't see them kiss. The jury's still out on how they kiss. Would you right. Would you make a bet that there's kissing in that game though, Sarah? Yes. Yeah, I think it looked gonna... like a game where they kissed. Oh yeah, I, it seems like the type of game where like twenty percent of it at least is just like dinosaur people <laughs> making out. Uh, Destiny Two Lightfall 20%. coming out very soon. Uh, Street Fighter Six trailer that looked awesome. They showed Zangief, mm-hmm. uh, Lily, who I believe is a new character, um, and then Cammy. Uh, but just like the animations in that are, are just incredible. But uh, Kyle, uh, Resident Evil Four, that's the one that got you. Yeah, I mean, they just showed a ton of the game. Like, all yeah. these questions we've had, like, since they announced it. Like, it's like, yeah, what is the minecart going to look like? What's the castle going to look like? Is Krauser in this? It's like, they showed a lot of it, and it's like, that game looks great, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm I mean. so excited to play it. They can go so far just by, like, showing the village and kind of the earlier stages, but kind of this trailer showing... I don't know, the back half of the game. It's, it's the almost like a confirmation trunk. of like, yeah, the, the, like the other 70% of the game that you haven't seen yet, like that's that's almost done. Like it's all there. Right, right, right. <laughs> this it's, isn't Final Fantasy VII Part One. Like the, the whole thing is here, you know? And I felt like it's another example of just like knowing what people want. Like they show the Krauser fight, which a lot of people mm-hmm. were wondering like, how's this going to work? Especially after this freaking Game Informer cover story where Marcus Stewart says Capcom killed QuickTime events. They brought That's, it into no, the back and shot it. Say that. I know, I know. <laughs> he said, he said. He said they're going to be fewer or something. Then the internet took it to mean that they're going to be zero. But I thought it was interesting that in this, they Just even showed. The internet misinterpreting. Wow, well, you know how it is. It's weird. tough. We can only pay attention to so much. But in this, like actually showing the Krauser fight and showing like the literal button prompts of like, it's QuickTime-ish, but not, not, not as in your face as maybe the original version was with the Krauser fight. Um, but it's fun just to, I don't know, have a game like this that everybody knows this well where we can really dive into the details in the trailer. They can make the Krauser fight feel like it's the Super Bowl. Like, Krauser! <laughs> like, it's not like I remember... I just really... want to see the giant statue, like the one yeah. that chases yeah. you. Like, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, like you still have to watch Ashley, like, crank, like, knobs while you're, like, sniper protecting her. A little disappointed about that. Right, right. Um, that's right fine, I guess. Right time know, code for that answer. You can't win okay. them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they said that uh, mercenaries are going to be in it, which is cool. Um, and then uh, that a demo is coming soon. It's weird they wouldn't give a date for the demo. The game's coming out March 24th. It's like a, a month away, and they're still being cagey about when the demo's coming? That seems weird. Are demos back? Oh, I think so. Mm-hmm. I Why does everything dem- have a demo again? It's great. I mean, complaining. yeah, even Humanity said that it has a demo, um, we should have mentioned. But yeah, what do you think it is? What was the turning point on demos? I'm trying to think of like a big successful game within the last couple of years where the demo changed everybody's minds. Well, it's it's be weirdly something. become a Resident Evil tradition now since 7. Yeah. Hmm. Like 7 got a demo, Village got a demo. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but that's a good question, Leo. Like, yeah, was there was there some huge success story? I don't know. Yeah, people saying I mean, Nintendo does a lot of demos, which I like because you can like transfer save progress. But a lot of like on other platforms, that's typically not the case. Right. Right. I don't know what has changed. It'd be interesting to try and track it down. There has to be something we're missing here. But Resident Evil 4, it's going to be good. Uh, we'll be talking about it in a big, bad way here at MinMax. Winky, winky, winky. So look forward to that, please. Um, then the big uh, star of the show. Again, I think... And it wasn't Baldur's Gate 3. It, well, it was in our hearts. Um, but the way that they build it, the star of the show... when we're The felt, headliner. Headliner is a better way to put it. Is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, I feel like for a while we've been... We saw gameplay before, but I still feel like there's questions about this game from Rocksteady and people wondering, what does the actual gameplay look like? And like, this was the chance for them to have, what, six minutes of just, here's gameplay. This is what you'll be doing Mm -hmm. in this game. Kyle, number one DC fan, what'd you think, man? Um, I... like a good impression. Like the fact that it's so vertical and you are spending so much time in the air and yeah. Harley Quinn is basically Spider-Man. It was like it it turned up the sort of my interest actually. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still I'm still, you know, tepid, but like I was like, "Oh, that looks it the shooting is like whatever, but like the movement is like, "Oh, that looks cool. Like you can you can basically fly." I'm you know? kind of with you. Yeah, that was my read too of like I'm not the most excited for this thing as much as I love the Arkham games, but then Seeing this, and it's like, okay, at least it looks like navigating the world will be interesting. Even if, at least in this gameplay demo, it's a lot of shooting big purple glowing things. It's like, you have to fight a helicopter, but what if the helicopter literally had a big purple glowing weak point that you have it's to shoot? It's distracting to the right. point where like, you'd be like, Sarah, what are you shooting? And I'd be like, I don't know, a purple orb? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's to the point where purple. like I'm... Yeah, like I don't, is it a whatever, a mech evil thing? I don't know, blob. It's got a purple button on it. I'm going to shoot it. Right. And maybe it's just like this one level. It's just going to be really purpley for the shorthand for what you have to shoot. But <laughs> it, it kind of just has me worried about like, you know, co-op games, about that idea of do you just kind of have to simplify things because you're probably going to be busy talking to your friends. And so the more they can just be like, just shoot here while you're blabbing with your friends, everybody. It, it does feel like a game that you like play with your friends to just kind of like chat and it's not really right. like you're not really sitting there and like discussing like serious strategic things uh, yeah you're just kind of messing around in your own corners yeah we'll see leo as somebody who loved avengers how are you feeling about this if it's an easy shorthand to say it's dc's avengers uh i'm feeling okay about it i guess i it's, it seems it, there's so much baggage attached to it from the like rumors of it being a living game and having a battle pass and a yep. store and stuff. Well, they confirmed so it in this, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, it's weird how much that weighs it down from a consumer perspective. Like from what I was seeing in the chat and from myself, it's like it just makes it more daunting to get into. And then if I get into it, am I even going to have a complete experience or am I going to have a middling experience for 10 hours out of the thousands they wish I would have with it? Right. Right. In the hopes of bringing people in for thousands of hours, you're robbing people of the shorter experiences that can be. And it's such a hard ask of a company to be like, turn down infinite money. (laughs) We all want you to do this. We're not going to give you extra money to do it. We're going to give you less money, but we'll be really grateful. Right. You'll have some goodwill with us. <laughs> we promise we'll love you going forward. Speaking of goodwill, yeah. it was interesting in the in the presentation that they had a bunch of folks from Rocksteady kind of explaining the game and explaining why they're excited about it and all this stuff. But like they opened with Sefton Hill, 
who's the co-founder of the studio and you know creative director for all the Arkham games um, and for Suicide Squad, but he left last year, I think it was. And so maybe they just filmed that before, but it is interesting. Like it's rare to see a studio be like, okay, we need to prove that we still have street cred for people who know the name of Sefton Hill and have him like kick off this presentation uh, to try and pitch why Suicide Squad is cool. Wasn't that weird, Kyle? No, it totally surprised me. Yeah. I was like, oh, Sefton's here. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe he's just kind of around, like helping with the like push across the finish line or something. I have no idea. I, I, it's probably just a promotional thing they filmed. I mean, this game's been in development probably, for so yeah. long. It's probably so long ago. And they're just looking for a place to use it. But yeah, they're trying to, again, touch on the kind of Arkham connections here a little bit. But like, hey, you can play as Harley and she can be in her Arkham Asylum suit at some point. But then also it's like, hey, here's the penguin. He's in it. And it's like, well, that, oh, that's weird. That actually weirdly like was exciting to me because I, I don't I I've, in my head. I've known it's in the Arkham universe. Yeah. But seeing Penguin with the glass bottle, I was, it was like a confirmation of that in a way that I haven't received from any other trailer that like, I was like, oh, that, okay, I'm act- weirdly that got me more excited than I expected it to do. Yeah, just the weird Nolan North Penguin. Wasn't he? Didn't yeah. he play Penguin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also it's like, hey, there's a character named Gizmo and he can do vehicle creation. So it's like, okay, is this, is this going to be one of those Tears of the Kingdom clones where you're going to be like building out your own car in this <laughs> thing or whatnot? Uh, but yeah, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, um, I, I, my excitement went up one notch, but it wasn't exactly the showstopper that I think Warner Brothers and probably Sony were hoping that it was for this whole thing. Like it, it was. It, co- oh, go ahead, Leo. It also had potential to maybe be, but it was just too much of the conference. Like right. I can't mm-hmm. imagine not wanting it to be over before it was. <laughs> right. It is weird. <laughs> like I like the moment where they have Wonder Woman show up, and she gets the lasso of truth. And she's got it on Flash. And she's like, tell us how to help you, Flash. And then I think it is a cool narrative hook to have Flash under this truth serum be like, the only way to help us is to kill all of us, Diana. It's like, that's pretty metal. That That's a cool reconfirmation that absolutely 100% Only if you, you will murder them. actually kill them. That's the great debate. That's the great debate. Because if they like, if they like back out of it at the last minute and they're like, oh, they're not actually dead. It was like they got body snatched or whatever. Right. Well, Cowards. that's the thing is because I was I didn't know it was in the Arkham universe until today. And it's like knowing it's in the Arkham universe takes the odds of you actually killing them down so much. Like if it was a standalone spinoff thing, that's like, yeah. OK, it can be a little more interesting. And as far as the impact we're going to have. But right. now Flash I just going to wake up a chance. It was just all a dream. I bet you'll yeah. kill I mean, Arkham has killed important characters before. Didn't that they bring true. them back, though? Well, no. not really. In, in their own twisted way. So maybe the next Suicide Squad game, all these characters can just live in Harley Quinn's head and then they'll they'll still be around for the Justice League. I just, Dude, I imagine... I'm surprised you don't want us to make bets, Hanson. Like, put money down on whether they're Kyle, dying or not. I want nothing more than do people make bets. Does anyone want to take the bet that you will 100% kill the Justice League in this game and there will no be, there will be no Lazarus pit or anything? I, I think one of them will die. Flash? but the rest will survive. Okay. That's a good bet. I also think it doesn't really, I mean, they they could get brought back in the next game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a confusing thing. We talked about it before, but like with DC kind of in theory, getting unified under the DCU and James Gunn over there and they want to tie games in to be canonical and stuff like it, they're more liberated than ever to maybe saw this one off and put an end point. But I mean, that happened within the last couple months. So, I'm sure their plans were locked in years and years ago and 
Who knows? But Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, it's out May 26th, 2023, that is. Um, that was kind of it for the state of play. Not the strongest, but, you know, that's on us for getting excited um, to be alive. <laughs> so that's fine. I don't even th- no, it's on us, Sarah. We're excited. It is on Sarah, us. Say you're sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sony. Um, okay. I will atone. Let's talk about something good, but let's not talk about it too much, and let's be really careful about it, um, because Like a Dragon Ishin is out oh. now, the new Yakuza game, but we are taking the deepest dive into this, where Leo Vader and Sarah Podzorski and Jacob Geller and Michael Hyam are creating the best, most thorough discussion about Like a Dragon Ishin on the internet. So I am wary of you all sharing all of your tiny details and thoughts on this. Save some wisdom for the deepest dive, I guess is what I'm going to say. But uh, Sarah, what do you think about Like a Dragon Nation so far? It is so refreshing to play a new Yakuza game yeah. for the first time. Like I never, I'm, I played zero, Kiwami one, Kiwami two, three, four, I'm on five. Jeez. So I never played Like a Dragon seven. Um, still have to get through six. So it was nice to finally play a new Yakuza game. I was like, this looks amazing. It looks amazing. The cutscenes are amazing. Yeah. Everybody's hot. Mm. I'm like, Kiryu looks hotter than he's ever been. <laughs> and they keep zooming in on his face. Like, God bless you, game developers. <laughs> <laughs> they really were eating good tonight. But yeah, just an absolute, like, fun to play. It's nice to be in, like, not Kamurocho. Like, not that I yeah. was getting bored of, like, Osaka Kamurocho or That's whatever. Fair. But it's nice to kind of have, like... A new stomping ground, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that because it's weird to be like, oh, finally a fresh new game. Like, well, technically it's a remake of a game that came out, but it hasn't come to the States. But like, yeah, this is what? The first in Unreal. And I think it being a remake of a PS3 game, I was expecting it to look a little bit worse. But I had the takeaway too, of like especially the cutscenes, like this looks really damn good. Uh, rather than, I've played on Steam, I guess. Uh, Leo, how's it sitting with you so far? Yeah, it's... Uh, interesting how it is kind of that classic Yakuza design. It's like a 10-year-old game, right? Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot they did do to it, and it certainly looks nicer, but it is interesting going back to that brawling combat. Right. Uh, after Like a Dragon, but I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's different fighting styles that are, you know, specific to the time. There's sword, there's gun, there's sword-gun combo, and there's fist fighting, which is like, just always, I've always loved that option in games to go fist fighting when everybody's using guns on you just to really show your superiority. You know? <laughs> it is. It is. See, I'm odd. the opposite. I main gun. It, I've been maining gun too. I'm excited to connect on that on the deepest dive. But it's, it's, <laughs> I've been really impressed how meaty it is. You'll go to every little corner of this giant map that there's like five regions I haven't seen all of yet. And every little corner has something interesting. I feel like that's why uh, America fell in love with Yakuza when it mm-hmm. finally came over here in a big way. It was like... Just this is what a game looks like when the side quests are worthwhile. Right. Yep. And especially interesting, different. And especially this game is delivering that really hard. Yeah. Like in this setting too, it just, it makes me excited to explore this world, to learn more about this era of Japanese history. Cause if you don't remember like Dragon Ishin, it's a weird thing where it's the characters from the Yakuza series, but if they went back in time and were different people, (laughs) it's kind of the easy pitch. It's confusing. Um, but it is exciting just to like, they're throwing all these terms and they have like a glossary, which is really handy, but it's just like, you know, early on them just talking about like, Oh, we need to get to the Dutch medicine. Only the Dutch medicine can save us. I'm like, that's so weird. Why is Dutch medicine making it through Japan this time and nothing else? Just like those little bits of real world history that you're learning from this 
at time, very mm-hmm. over the top game. And it's and it's nice that it doesn't have the baggage. I think of the right. other because like with Yakuza, it's got so much baggage of like you know Yakuza one, Yakuza two, and it all they all kind of like tumble into this one like over like this really big complicated story of the Yakuza, and it's just like nice to like it be refreshing to be like. To see something and be like, did I miss that in an old game? Did I forget that happened? Because this is just like a fresh start. Yep. It has like it a, is a great standalone side mm-hmm. one. Yeah. If you've been scared of the series in the past, this is a good one to jump into, especially with the deepest dive, because there's a lot to unpack there. And we always talk about like, oh, if you support us on Patreon, you can submit a comment for us to read or you can unlock the podcast version of that huge game club discussion. Um, but secretly, I think one of the big benefits is jumping in that MinMax Discord, which you can access to on Patreon. Like there's a channel for the deepest dive, like that is really the heart of the deepest dive is just like getting to play through it and have like really fun discussions with the entire community. Cause with a game like this, where there's so much to unpack, it's fun to see everybody already going to town and that thing. Um, I, it was weird. I was streaming it on our Twitch channel and, um, I was struck by how many people were jumping in to like, wait, what is this? This, this isn't turn-based. Like, I think hmm. people are more confused than you think about the Yakuza series for a series being so popular um, like the name change, obviously to like a dragon is confusing a lot of people. And then I think yeah. the message was received that like, okay, with Yakuza 7, like a dragon 7, um, now it's turn-based. And it's like, well, no, the, the main line moving forward is a turn-based RPG, but it's confusing to kind of have that announcement of like, now we're turn-based, but the next one, Ishin, that's going to be action-focused. And then there's Gaiden, which is coming out, which is bridging 6 and 7. That's also going to be action-focused. So it's a it's a tough thing for Sega to message. Uh, so have, just remember they said eight is going to be term based yeah for sure they have, yeah okay cool yeah you know what though i was put off like a dragon for a long time because i liked the brawling combat and i couldn't picture getting into the turn-based combat right. but having played through that and so many other yakuza games it's now really clear that like the it's great the combat is fun either way but it's not like the heart of the game like right. the game mm-hmm. The series has so many more really special elements and just a really special heart to it that comes through in all the writing that really gives it that personality. And it's like the the combat is almost non-essential to that. Yeah, totally. I am struck just like in the prologue. I should <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised with this with this series at this point, but just like it does such a good job of just setting up an interesting narrative. And it does such a good job of just being so clear about motivations and characters it's just it feels like storytelling 101 but kyle have you started this game uh my wife started it I'm okay sorry, i saw like the first hour or something like that okay yeah. so you walk into this new town kind of returning to it i suppose um and then immediately it's like hey this woman has a dying kid and she needs medicine but these guards are no good and they're like hey you need to stay down you can't get medicine and then they like backhand her and then like it just sets it up so clearly emotionally like hey I bet you want to beat these guys up huh well here you go <laughs> i've had to kick the crap out of them i mean i just feel like the entire prologue is just like well you want a very clear character motivation here you go here you go here you go and now you're off on the journey it's just perfect it does it does make me laugh because it is like anime 101 right like you just have to have the completely unforgivable group of thugs right like, to meet right. the protagonist mm-hmm. in the first 10 minutes like it's just but it works man it always works <laughs> like, you don't know. fix it uh but yeah like a dragon nation we're going very in-depth on that thing and we're covering for the first discussion which we're going to be recording uh next week so we're collecting your comments and thoughts on patreon if you're a supporter at any tier um, on Monday, uh, this coming Monday, which of course is the 27th. And so we're collecting your comments on everything in the game, like a dragon nation for the prologue up through chapter four. 
So just submit a very specific thought, and then we'll read it during that discussion. Leo, how are you feeling about hosting that thing? I'm excited. I, I, I honestly was not super sold on the first hour, and I was like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> oh, but no. when it opened up a little bit more, I'm really, really loving it. Okay. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Awesome. That's going to be cool. Uh, let's see. Hey, Kyle, you want to talk PSVR a little bit more, man? Sure. All right. I, I, I finally put it in a box today. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. not a good sign. It came yeah. out this week, man. <laughs> yeah, but I had it early and I played it a lot. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Let's let's start positive. You are you are hot on Resident Evil Village VR, which is now available. Yes. Yeah, I I really like it. Um, I was kind of has I was like a little like pessimistic almost because like I love Resident Evil Four VR. That's fantastic. I don't like Resident Evil Seven VR. Oh, weird. But that was also during a time when they were like still trying to figure out exactly what to do with VR. Like you would aim with your head. And it's just like, it just was like not great. Right. But Village, it's like very quickly you figure out that it's like, oh, this is a very considered port, right? Like you have full control of Ethan's arms. There's new mechanics that are only in VR. And it like, it feels great. And like Resident Evil just structurally works really well in VR. So I played up to Lady uh, D's castle. And like the thing that like works well is like that part of the game is like, you're walking around and looking at a very detailed environment and trying right. to find things. It's kind of like self-directed exploration, which is like, this is, this works really well in VR. And then the shooting is, is fun. And the enemies sort of like creep towards you and sort of move their head back and forth. It's, it's like, it just, it's like, it wasn't designed with VR in mind. Maybe it was, but it just, it's a good fit for that. And village is like a good port. It's like pretty handily the best, exclusive thing uh for psvr2 okay like like i mean the, the competition isn't very isn't very fierce but it's like it's the best thing to play how do they handle the hand stuff so sometimes control gets taken away from you in cutscenes. okay but because that's the other thing is like village is so almost borderline one shot from ethan's perspective right that it doesn't feel weird when like a werewolf pounces on you and bites off your fingers because it doesn't feel that different from just moving around normally okay and then all and a lot of the cutscenes are like you Ethan gets dragged into a room and like sat in a chair and then a bunch of performers sort of move around him and totally. talk to him, right. which is like, that's great for VR. You know, there's no like scene changes or anything like that. It's just people like getting in your face and making scary faces. And it's like, yeah, this is great. Is, is it Heisenberg? Your stubble looks amazing. Got this close. <laughs> if only I could speak to you, Heisenberg. Is it? A, I mean, seven has a scary opening. I remember playing that in VR and actually being, genuinely scared um i wasn't that scared playing the opening of village but i'm trying to think in, in vr if like suddenly i'm gonna have nightmares over werewolves and stuff well it's if you remember you actually it opens in your house and there's a whole sequence where you have to carry your baby around oh, the house right, in vr right. which is very weird and you and you guess what you don't have hand control when you're carrying the baby uh, around. come <laughs> on oh, man you no no punching that baby or anything that uh that scene speaking of where she, she gets shot is actually it's like pretty intense in vr when she's like suddenly getting shot and then you you duck down under a table and chris shows up and like just throws the table out of the way and like yeah. the chris is like intimidating in that game and so like that becomes scary and then <laughs> just a big guy i mean honestly in yeah. vr hell yeah like just this big <laughs> muscular dude just like shooting your wife and grabbing a table and throwing it out of the way and being like sorry Ethan, this is just how it has to be and it only costs six hundred dollars to experience this that's right <laughs> but at, um 
but then you then you're actually like before you start getting overwhelmed by werewolves, which feels more like an action game. You are creeping through very dark uh, houses because the sun's still coming up, and that whole sequence is 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 pretty creepy. Okay, it's it's, it's good. It's all really effective. I was like. I was really surprised how much I liked it. That's nice. Is it um? Is it room scale? Can I play it sitting down? I play sitting down. Yeah. Okay. But you can. My big do room tip scale. is I actually have a stool. Like I sit on a stool, so I have full motion for my elbows, and that's how I play <laughs> most VR games. <laughs> that's cool. Do Why it? don't you stand? I'm not gonna stand for like two hours to play a video game. I'm gonna sit down. I'm play. Ethan's standing though. Yeah, he's usually like, on the ground or being hung up by meat hooks. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. You, you can take I a wish I could off. just like play through the cutscenes. Like I don't actually want to like play the game, but I would love to right. get like picked up by Lady D. Like right. that's all. That's like I wish sequence. I could just like buy like the little bits that I actually want to experience. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just jump through I mean, the chapters and stuff. And that's another see, like because VR is so good at scale. Like she's she's a gigantic woman and it's scary when she grabs your wrist and starts sucking blood out of it. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, in a similar vein, I tried um, Gran Turismo 7. You tried that yet in uh, VR? There? Yes, I did. I played a little bit of that, yeah. How, how did that uh, sit with you? Uh, it was it was, it was was exactly what I expected, uh, for better or worse. Right? Yeah. It's just like pretty straightforward. You play with the controller, which is like fine. Um, I, I It was weird. Like, why? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why the controller. Like, I was confused. But like, am I... PSVR controllers not synced up or what is happening here? But no, no, you got to actually play with the dual sense. Maybe they're just so into the dual sense tech that they couldn't let it go for some reason. Um, yeah, and you switch back and forth between the flat screen for the menus. Yeah. And then when you, you're racing, suddenly you're in the driver's seat and then you can look around in your garage, which is kind of nice, but it's, it's just kind of exactly what you expect, which is fine. You know, it's cool. Yeah. It, it is cool to look around. I mean, driving and, First person in racing games is always like a weird novelty. Like, oh, I like seeing the detail of the car. And actually, it's fun to be like racing. And then like, I'm just so distracted just trying to look at like the textures and fabric around me that I'm <laughs> barely paying attention. Beach, you know? Yeah, I'm yeah. not looking at the road hardly at all. Um, but yeah, I was struck by like how, I guess, seamless is a way to put it. Or just kind of, I thought it'd be like a whole separate, all right, pop up and go in VR mode. But it's, I was putting, playing it in VR and I was like, is this, it's just all kind of the screen in front of you for so much. It's not until the race starts. And it's like, okay, now it's in full 3D VR. It wasn't really clear. Um, but I guess maybe that's kind of cool that it's just, it's assuming a more seamless integration of VR than just, okay, now pop into VR mode. And it's this whole thing. It's just, no, if you're playing in VR, you're playing in VR and play with the controller and it'll just look cooler. So I had never touched Gran Turismo 7. Oh, really? And as a result, it shows you like a good eight minute unskippable cutscene. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? And I was just like totally uh, a prisoner of VR just watching <laughs> this thing because like if I take off the headset, it pauses. Right. You know, and it's like I can't skip it. So I'm like mashing buttons trying to skip the, the history of the automobile. It is, <laughs> it, like, it is no, I just want to race a car. It is literally <laughs> like sepia pictures of yeah. just here's a Model T, here's Albert Einstein inventing equations it's just you like, can't even like look at your phone either like no, you really no. are just yeah. trapped this the is best the i came up with is i could close my eyes and then i was like kind of <laughs> like turn the volume down yeah, <laughs> right. i don't want to learn about the history snooze. of the car uh it, it made me sick almost immediately kyle i don't know oh, really? I, I get nauseated really easily but psvr have been pretty good overall like what the bat was kind of jittery at some point that kind of threw me off even though i was really enjoying that game a lot but uh, yeah grand Turismo seven it was within like 10 minutes I was I was feeling bad. Maybe that's mm. just a weird setting that I had it on, or maybe just I don't know. I didn't have it calibrated right or something. But I'm curious what everybody else's take is. Um, so yeah, Kyle uh, Runner VR was another VR game that you checked out that you seemed hot on. 
Yeah, I just wanted to call it out because it kind of it snuck up on me because it's it's so Akira inspired. Yeah. yeah. Like you you ride a motorcycle through these like neon soaked city streets, like fighting other motorcycles, and the motorcycles like tail lights have the trails just like they do in Akira. Your motorcycle has a little label on it. It's called an Otamo, which, you know, Katsuhiro Otamo, the writer of Akira. Of course. And, like, Steve Bloom, the voice of Spike Spiegel, yeah. is, like, this anime head, like, talking to you. And, and it's just, like, the game is cool. It's, like, an arcade sort of shooter. It's basically like almost borderline on rails where you, like, have some control of the motorcycle. But the thing that just really just is, like, oh, man, this is for me, is just, it just felt like I was riding a motorcycle through Neo Tokyo. Totally. That's it. That's the dream, man. Come on, <laughs> come on. That's it. Uh, yeah, it, it's on other systems as well. It's on the on yeah, the it's Quest on Quest, whatnot, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it seemed cool. I, I jumped in and played a little bit of it. I uh, people, believe it or not, on the internet were tearing us a new one over not being Gaga over the PSVR. Like there, at times, there's kind of like a weird, emails, yeah, yeah. There's like a Sony <laughs> fanboy thing coming through. Like God, I forget that this corner of the internet exists every once in a while. And it's like if you are excited about PSVR too. God bless you. Go in there. I hope you love it. It's just, I I don't know, man. I'm getting more and more pessimistic about it, especially after the state of play. And just, I'm trying to think of what could possibly make this thing fly off the shelves or get excitement in the VR space. And it's like, we we're talking about it for the reaction stream, but it's like, I think Half-Life Alex is the best chance it has at like, oh, okay, I'd like to play Half-Life and I don't want to play NPC and have a super high end uh, you know, index just to get a great experience with that. But it's like, if the PSVR 2, the number one most exciting thing they can do is convincing Valve to develop a game, it's like, good luck. That's a bad spot for a company to be in if that's the strongest play you can make is hope that Valve structurally gets their stuff together and actually works on the port of this thing. Like, Kyle, I don't want to be too negative, but like, what do you think about PSVR 2 at this point? I mean, it's like a solid piece of hardware right, but like right. i still prefer my quest too like because i just that losing that cable is everything you yeah know? it is and, there's nothing more important than that for me yeah and um i mean village really impressed me yeah and that's maybe great resident evil is like what does it because resident evil 4 vr is now not not the not the recent port from armature but the resident Evil 4 remake vr is in development is how they phrased it but they said it's not going to be the full game it's just going to be it it seemed like a side thing the last time they talked okay. about it but now with the new the recent news, which was like a Japanese post that like I know like Wario shared and stuff like that, it was <laughs> like he it seems like it's a, the full game now. Wait, really? Yeah. But I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not sure. Um if it is, that's cool. I mean Village makes me confident that it could be. Right. But that's but, weird. Um, they just yeah. did the full game. That's so bizarre. Yeah, what? I don't know. And speaking of bizarre stuff, do you think our heads gonna be turned when Facebook slash Meta unveils that remake of San Andreas in VR. Remember they announced they were working on that? Or was that a leak? No, remember. it was announced. I, I When I was reaching out to them to find out when we could expect Beat Saber on PlayStation VR 2, which they didn't have a date for. They just, you know, confirmed that it was coming at some point. I was right. also like, hey, what's going on with San Andreas? And they had nothing for me. Okay. But it's, you know, I hope, I would love to see what that is. I know. I have no idea what the, how that would work or play, but I'm, I want to check it out. It uh, yeah. sounds weird. Super curious about it. Uh, hey, Leo and Sarah and Sarah and Leo. Let's get back to real gaming. 2D flat gaming, everybody. Um, there is a game called Shadows of Doubt that had a demo out that both of you played. Am I reading this correctly? 
Yeah, it was in the Steam Fest. Well, I'll be damned. Uh, Sarah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was two D. Oh no, I know, but just flat is probably a better screen. way to put okay. it. You could look it away from flat. it, right? Yeah. You weren't imprisoned into the history of the automobile. <laughs> uh, Sarah, what is Shadows of Doubt? Ask Leo because <laughs> I don't uh, think I played the demo as I was supposed to play the demo. Okay, Kyle, what's Shadows of Doubt? <laughs> uh, ask Sarah. She seems okay. to really be on top of it. Uh, I don't. I have no. I'm excited to hear what this thing is. My, I no if I had to describe Shadows of Doubt, I'd be like, you play as someone, and you can go into every single room, every single building, Ooh. and you can look up extreme detail about every NPC that lives in there. You can read their emails. You Hang can on. like go into their homes. But honestly, I think I was supposed to be a detective, and I was more of a nosy robber the entire demo because they don't like kind of there's no like guardrails so they like teach you how to be a good detective and then they just kind of let me go and i just nosed my way through the entire city like reading emails on computers like trying to steal stuff from cafes like climbing in vents like and i was bleeding for most of it because i was getting repeatedly attacked (laughs) Uh because i kept popping into people's apartments and it turns out they get really mad when you like like enter their apartments through the vents like that's apparently not cool but it was really, really fun. Right on. Uh, Even let's though see. I wasn't playing it appropriately. What else? Leo, do you want to talk about Story of Seasons, uh, Wonderful Life? Or, no. Okay, it shows <laughs> not, Yeah. So it feels like a detailed systems-heavy game, Leo. Is that what's catching your eye about this? I'm surprised that you yeah. grabbed into it. Jumped into if it. If they made a game for me, this is what it would be. It's really, it's it's a fully simulated city. It's There's thousands of citizens. Every there, You start in a giant apartment building. That's also randomly generated. What? Like you, I started two different games and I was in a different apartment building in a different room every time. Weird. And you can go to any door in that building and you can knock on that door. And sometimes the person who lives there is there and they'll come and answer it. And you can have a conversation with anybody. I went across the street to my neighbor, across the hallway, knocked on the door, talked to him, said, hi, what's your name? They said, I'm not telling you that. So hi, can I come and check out your house? They said, absolutely not. I said, I'll give you $50 to check out your house. I said, no. I said, I'll give you $100 to check out your house. They said, fine, I guess. And then I walked into their house and just snooped around and stole some stuff from their cabinets, went into their room. Okay, because here's the thing. It's yeah. this fully simulated city with all these people with all these different characteristics that can be filled out in your little notebook, including where they live, what their job is, their birthday, all sorts of little details, their connections to other people. They make this city and then you play Deus Ex inside it. That's pretty much what the game is. So because this, I went this into truly this- is the Warren Spector. Yeah. Like, like he talked about the idea of like a game just taking place on a city block with a lot of detail. It and- feels like that city block game. All right. For so- sure. And yeah. And I, I like went into that person's house and I snooped around and I couldn't log into their computer because I didn't know the password. So I closed the door and look around and there's a note that's like the password is your wife's year she was born and so i end up finding her wallet and finding her id and getting it off of that and logging in that way and then seeing like a, an email in their account from this person who's like i can't believe you fired me i'll do anything to come back and i take note of that person's name and i go and i go by their phone and look in their address book which is like the people that they know and i see that uh, the first name and phone number of that person it's all real okay. i tracked that person down and went to their house the person who got fired they're bummed out. This sounds awesome. It <laughs> seems like an odd fix or fit for like procedural though. Like how do you have like a detective game and make it satisfying if all these things are variable to such a wild degree? That's the thing is it seems like there are lots of dead ends to investigations. Oh, There's weird. like 
the main one they put you on, which is a little more scripted for the demo, yeah. was like, here's all these different things you can check out. This person they knew, this weapons shop that they were frequenting. And some of these are going to be dead ends, but you just track them down until you end up getting the right clue. But it's really in-depth. And when you're studying the crime scene, you're like finding fingerprints that you can track to the real person out there who did it. And, you know, the weird things they touched in the room, like the depth of the simulation. I really love when it disappears and you can't tell where the lines are and what is like always guaranteed to happen or whatever right. and this game really blew me away in that department that's awesome yeah it's kind of first person we didn't say but it kind of looks voxely a little minecrafty in a way uh but yeah shadows of doubt and they say just 2023 for the release date at this point but one to keep an eye on one to keep an eye on that's cool um yeah you also played uh that game that you were keeping an eye on no matter what uh called meet your maker uh, I got my maker. Yeah, you finally did. Congratulations. <laughs> we talked about it a little while ago. Um, this is the one where you're kind of like building up your own base that then you set a bunch of traps so that nobody can invade your base, but then other people, you can go try and invade other people's bases. Basically, multiplayer from Metal Gear Solid Five, but blown out into its own weird Mad Max looking game. Is that the best pitch? That's pretty much the best pitch. It's okay. it's what really got me intrigued is how hard they're going into it. Cause yeah, it's been done before in different uh as modes and other games. But this is like there are no there's no curated single player content. It just serves up mm. player made bases based on their difficulty, which is determined by how people vote on it. Right. And it nominates one up to like champion tier, which will be like the boss of that batch of levels, again, based on just people voting on it as an especially ingenious or brutal or whatever the little uh, adjectives you can choose after you're done playing it. That's cool. It is really cool. I I found the, uh, the replays anytime you log in, you can go up to this little computer and watch like spectator mode. Everybody who tried to raid your base and you'll have stats on who died and stuff and you get more points based on who died. And you're getting passive income from having a base active. That what was a really strong drive while the demo was open for those few days of like, oh, it's the morning. I want to log in and see what people did in my base last night. Totally. If they fell for this trap or it's, not. It's exactly like with us one other thing, like episode three of The Last of Us. Like, you know, seeing like, ah, they fell for that trap. Like, it seems weirdly satisfying to just watch people get trolled. Like, I wonder if they'd ever totally. like incorporate people's like webcams. Like, Kyle, what was that racing game? Was it Burnout on 360? Burnout. Yeah, Burnout yeah. Paradise. Where, like, yeah. when you crash into somebody, you would take a picture of them in their webcams so you could see their reaction and stuff. It That's does. Weird. It also does, like, the Mario Maker thing, right? Where, like, if you make a, a level, like, you have to beat it, right, before you can sort of publish it. Is that right? I don't know that you even do. Okay. Because there is a little AI robot that walks from the start to the resource that they're there to get and then leave with it takes the shortest path to go do that so it's a little and test. so when you're playing a, a player made base you can follow that robot if you're really lost you can be like oh it's heading up that way that's what i'll have to do okay. but I, but it, it does let you publish is- it if you if there's not a direct path for that robot to take but i think okay, anything cool. beyond that you can just make something way more beyond what is your skill level which is cool because I, I I love that idea in like Mario of like you can make whatever you want, but like you got to be able to finish it. And it right. seems like there's like at least there is that's integrated in some way, even if it's different. You know, there's not people just posting like impossible levels, which seems like it would just kind of break the whole experience. Well, that's the thing. I think, yeah, maybe we're just cynical, but I look at this and it's like, OK, when this thing's out in the wild, there's no way 
it can withstand humanity. And I'm not yeah. talking about the video game, but I feel like this this has to be broken. It's too pure of an idea to last on the internet, right? <laughs> I think so. I, the balancing of difficulty in the early part that I was at is resource-based. Like you're unlocking upgrades as you play the game that okay. let you make more complicated base- bases. Yeah. I had a really decked out base and only had room left for like eight traps and a couple enemies. Hmm. You know, okay. just by filling it in to make it like beautiful to look at. Right, Which, right. Uh, meet your maker. It's cool. Hey, two Leo games. Look at this on the horizon. That's yeah. exciting. Uh, yeah, meet your maker soon too, right? Yeah, it's coming April fourth. Apparently, um, is it just PC? No. Ooh, you hear that, everybody? Do you hear us, everybody? Crossplay. Uh, Sarah, there's this other game that I don't think has a date in uh, the states yet. Um, but Story of Seasons: A Wonderful Life. This is the remake, yes. despite the name change, I understand it's confusing, but this is the remake of Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life on the GameCube. Um, and Harvest Moon, Another Wonderful Life on the GameCube, where the only difference is you get to play as a girl. Right. And it's because I emailed them when I was 12 and I said, could I please play <laughs> as a girl? And then they released the game. Wow. That was wow. nice of them. So was cool it's all them. because of me. But they said girls have Thank a you. different life. That'll be a whole separate what do you package. Mean? The girls want to farm. <laughs> pet your cows? That's so weird. <laughs> uh, you've been playing the That's Japanese stuff. <laughs> the Japanese version of this freaking thing? Yeah. The Japanese version came out around like the end of January. And I was like, if I'm going to have to wait until June, which I didn't want to do. Right. I was like, if I can just play it now. And it's not like necessarily a hard to understand game. It's incredibly basic. They pretty much have not changed much from the original version. Sure. There's some quality of life. Like, it's just easier to, like, water your crops, plant your crops, pet your cow. Like, it looks different. I don't know. It doesn't look as, like, textured as it used to. Everything kind of looks just, like, brighter. Right. Um. Hmm. But they also added, like, events that they didn't have before. This was an incredibly bare-bones Harvest Moon game. Like, the, bare, the barest of bare Harvest Moon games, like, it was very small. It was not a lot to do. So they added, like, a potluck. They added, like, I don't know if they had fireworks in the original ones, but they added some, like, seasonal events. Right. But it's still, like, it doesn't keep up with where farming games are now. But is it okay? So, I mean- like... I don't know. Like, I remember I went back years and years after the fact, like early 2000s, I went and played like the original Harvest Moon again on Super Nintendo. It's like, you know, you don't need all the bells and whistles. Sometimes that basic loop is just so good. You gave that that game to someone who got their entry into farming games from Stardew Valley. Yeah. They would be incredibly disappointed. Right. Right. And I just feel like, yeah, if you're if you're nostalgic for this game, absolutely play it. I've been really enjoying it. Um, it really brings back a lot of memories. They haven't changed a lot, but like if your entry into farming was something more like Stardew Valley or like a newer game, yeah. I'm going to beg you to not play this game. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> buy this for my daughter is what you're saying. Like, get it right now. <laughs> Has she not played Stardew Valley? Well, you, have to wait, you have to wait till no, June 27th. No, she's obsessed with Stardew Valley. She oh. loves Stardew Valley. Oh, she'll no. be like, I can only point. plant 12 crops and I have to impregnate my cow to get it to keep giving milk? <laughs> like, are you kidding is that me? legal? <laughs> Daddy, do I have to? All right, the story season's a wonderful life. It is it like all you wanted was a good nostalgia tickle from it, right? Exactly, and it, it gave me that. All right, so you all know, right. it's good for me. What's good for me might not be good for other people. For the wait, gander, wait, wait. as they'd say. Did you did you say a wonderful life or another wonderful life? I played both a wonderful life and another wonderful life. So they're both re- recent remakes. 
No, they only remade they. The only difference between a wonderful life and a wonder another wonderful life is boy girl. That's the only okay. difference. And they and both the, came out on the GameCube. And then the <laughs> remake is just like incorporates everything. Yeah, you can be a boy, you can be a girl. All okay. like the bachelors and bachelorettes are the same. You can marry whoever you want, no matter what gender you are, gotcha. which is great. Okay, okay. What a time to be alive. Um, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. Actually, I know you did because we talked about it. New Show Plus is an option, but yeah, Harvest Moon: Back to Nature is out on PlayStation, which is awesome. But also, just it makes it so confusing again with the name change of Harvest Moon to Story of Seasons, and to be like, but then PlayStation's promoting go play Harvest Moon on the PS One. It's like okay, it's sad to see is, how far the Harvest Moon name has fallen. It's a mess. It's it a mess. really just looks like shovelware except for that weird match three game that i forget the name of that i am a defender of that's actually the co-op one no what the (laughs) hell is that it was it's like mad dash rush or whatever i talked about on the podcast i'm not proud of it yeah (laughs) harvest moon dash i i do enjoy that weirdo game uh speaking of enjoying a weirdo game sarah i have been playing theater rhythm final bar line um this is the final fantasy music uh, rhythm game. It's the third entry in the Final Fantasy version of the Theater Rhythm series, not to be confused by anything else. Um, and like, I played those 3DS games. Did you play the 3DS game, Sarah? No. Okay. Oh, I wasn't a fan of Final Fantasy in the 3DS era. Oh, okay. There's a whole new audience. I mean, maybe this is why it's picking up. So there's the thing. It's like, I played at least the first 3DS game. It was like, okay, love Final Fantasy games. Gameplay, I'm kind of a snob when it comes to music rhythm gameplay. This one seems just fine. That's all right. Um, but then I picked up Theater Rhythm Barline and I thought it was going to have the exact same experience with it, but I don't really want to play anything else. I have really, it has just consumed my life and Octopath Traveler 2 is sitting there. I'm like half an hour in, but it's like, yeah, I could experience a new RPG, but why would I do that? Like, right, I just, just keep playing this one. Just listen to some of the greatest music from video game history with the Final Fantasy series and just press some damn buttons. And like, I was streaming it the other day and everybody coming in was having the same reaction of like, wait. Wait, is this really a good game? It's like, I, I think it might be an excellent game, everybody. But it's still the same ingredients. But for some reason, at least for me, it has just grabbed me in a hypnotic way. But Kyle, you've been dabbling removed, with this thing too. Yeah, it removed the touch screens. That might be it, it. And that, I mean, that helps a lot. Like the, like you said, it was fine on 3ds, but it's yeah. just not very satisfying. Even Elite Beat Agents, I don't find as satisfying as like you know other rhythms. Totally. Games. Um. Is the remake soundtrack on Final Fantasy VII Remake? Oh, is it? Yes, it is. Okay. I will say I'm a little confused by like, there's not really like a campaign, which I guess is like a good thing, right? Because it lets you sort of just go to the one you want to go to. Right. So I went to Final Fantasy VII and played the first couple tracks of that. And I, yeah, I like the rhythm gameplay. My big thing now it's is like, interesting, right? Yeah. It's different from like normal rhythm games. So it's actually played normal rhythm games. It's like, you know, you play with sort of just like the buttons and like maybe the shoulder pads and maybe the joysticks. Mm-hmm. But this is like, you don't need to press like X, Y, A, B. You can only press A if you want to. You can press and any R, button. Like, yeah. it's, it's a series of taps is how I would describe it over yeah. like a series of like precise, like, oh, Y, yeah. X, B, A, B, 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 A, Y, B, A. Like, it's more of just like tapping. You yeah, tap any button I, you yeah, want. It's, like, it's about analog. Like the Persona rhythm yeah. games are very much coming at you from all angles and different mm. buttons. And it's just, it's too many inputs. Like, I don't yeah. like it. Uh, but this is like fewer inputs. And I think that, that, takes it a long way but what, i really want the chrono trigger stuff and to the point where i'm confused how that works or it's coming later so I just, yeah, yeah so they have um there's 385 songs in the baseline version many. of theater rhythm bar line um but then there's dlc and like you look at that dlc roadmap 
It's awesome. And it is like going throughout the entire year. So Live Alive music is dropping in March. The Near music, I forget when that's dropping, but that's coming soon as well. That's really uh, exciting. There's a Chrono Trigger drop and a Chrono Cross drop in May and June. And then this is the one that I fell out of my damn seat. Xenogears music is dropping in September then in this DLC. It's just like Square has just Does fully... it have an asterisk like for Ben Hansen? Yes, like... <laughs> exactly. Well, now, I mean, with Hi-Fi Rush, not to spoil anything, but Xenogears is cool again, thanks to oh. Hi-Fi Rush. So everyone's into it. But it's just like, you know what? We have so much great music. We need to service it somehow. And so this is getting to the point where this is, when this is well and done and the DLC is all finished, it's like, is there a chance it could rival Smash Ultimate for the greatest soundtrack of all time? Probably not, but it's at least a contender because there is so <laughs> much damn good music in this thing. Um, and that's the thing. I like, you know, I talk about remake music being in there. It's just like this thrill of going back to the series now and be like, oh, yeah, like 15's music is in here. Seven remakes music is in here. And then the big thing is Final Fantasy 14 music is in here, Sarah. And by they God, is Chronicles it. Chronicles in there. Yes. I was shocked. Like I played through all of Chronicles. I was shocked and amazed and like just very humbled that they put Chris, that they're still willing to acknowledge Crystal Chronicles after what they did to it. And tactics. They have a whole section on tactics yeah. that you can unlock and play through. Um, yeah. And like Sarah and I have a bonus video that we made that's going up Friday on Minimax's YouTube channel about it. But the... 14 stuff it's over an hour and a half to play through all mm -hmm. of that it's like 30 plus songs hang on is everyone hearing something okay yeah. Yeah. Is, some, is someone playing violin uh yeah that's that's my wife playing with it no i think <laughs> she's cooking. long out of tune violin huh? <laughs> well <it's, laughs> she's cooking something. i thought maybe it actually was because like my kid plays violin and what? before i even came on the podcast she was like hey dad remind me to practice today and i was like yeah i will does she want to play like, some Final Fantasy with... tracks for us? Wait, I'm what? trying to get her to do the 13 combat music. She needs to get on that. What the, What got you good in the I... violin? That's awesome. I don't know. She she picked it. She was just like, wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, go for it. But she insists on calling it a fiddle? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. No? <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, yeah, it, it's like... With... Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. But the mystery is still unsolved. What is that? I don't know. It's sound. like a it's... mixer or something. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> it's not important. Is it Leo's chair? No, it's my wife cooking. That's my oh, wife's cooking, cooking oh, okay. Sarah. Why does it sound like a violin? Why does it sound because like an she cooks with a violin. What is confusing about this? <laughs> uh, anyways, like, they give you so much good music in the rhythm final, final Bar Line. It's like, it's tough not to be picky though like you know it's like i love remakes music so much but it's like i don't i don't need another version of one winged angel and Genova. like obviously there are awesome versions in that but like i'll take a hell house i'll take some weirder picks from seven remake that aren't in there that's kind of a bummer and like sarah i mean despite them having hours and hours of 14 music i, I know you were still bummed they're missing a couple of key tracks that the community's in yeah, love with i think they did a really good job picking the tracks for final fantasy 14 right. i really think that they did a really good job they did like it was heavy on a Realm Reborn, um, right. and heavy. It was heavy on that side, and I wish it was a little bit heavier towards like Shadowbringers. Yeah. But I understand that they're trying to like incorporate more newer players who might have not like gotten that far, and like yeah. maybe they're just free players, you know. So like I get it. I would love to see like DLC for Endwalker or like you know more later expansions, but I'll take my thirty songs and I won't complain because Final Fantasy X two had like eight. So <laughs> that's still pretty good. I mean, that is a level of fan service. I mean, Final Fantasy X-2 is getting eight tracks. Like I gotta say, the Dirty Dirge, our Dirge of Servers, our beloved gift, not one track, not one track in there. There's a whole <laughs> section for like bonus FF7 stuff. And it's a bunch of Crisis Core music, which is good. And a lot of Advent Children music, which 
is Advent Children music, but like not one dirt trick. <laughs> Disappointing. Um, but it just it just it's dopey, but it's just a game that makes me really happy to play. I'm just delighted to go through this thing. I think it's I think it's I'm so just fun. a little sad that like you have to unlock everything. Yeah. Like I wish I could just freely play what I want to play, but instead I have to sit there and go like, oh, I got to grind through a Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. that maybe I'm not as interested in to unlock another Final Fantasy game. And like I would say, if you want to play this, make sure you like at least five Final Fantasy games. <laughs> <laughs> at least like yeah. you need to really like the music of at least five, or else you're just like, now what do I do? I mean, but to be fair, when so many have great sound soundtracks and they're picking some of the best songs from that, I mean like. You know, I didn't really know 14's music going into it, and it it blew my damn mind. Like it, it's an opportunity. Is an exception in that the music's really good no matter what. It's. I don't know if we can <laughs> say that of every Final Fantasy game. Uh, probably, probably. Uh, probably uh, yeah, it turns it's out- always tough to just have a conversation about music, and you know, talking about mm-hmm. songs. Can you just sing your favorite song from it, Hanson? Yeah. Just take um, picture so it's it. like from 14. From 14, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I know you have a favorite. I do. I'm trying to remember. Okay. Uh, <laughs> How does that wake, <laughs> wake Me song go, Sarah? It's like... The Wake Me Angel, whatever, your favorite track. And then there's like, and then I hope you're editing like the actual song over this too. I'm not interested. This is has to just listen to me. I got bad news. This is a yeah. I thought you were gonna pick Alexander. Oh my god! It's I thought you were gonna be like Sonic Boom. I didn't expect to be laughing my ass off listening to 14 soundtrack because like there's a lot more vocals in like apparently the raid battles than I thought and like they they go for it in a very mm-hmm. strange way and it's like it is the spirit of the opening of Final Fantasy X, Kyle. You know our beloved mm-hmm. uh, cool metal guy. Imagine that vibe spread out over like hundreds of songs for Final Fantasy XIV. Like there's a lot more singing than I thought based on the songs that they chose for this. So it's a good time. Uh, so this uh, rhythm game, it's 50 bucks, which I get it. I get it. I hear you. I hear you, Internet. Um, and then also it's only available on Switch and PS4 at this point. Uh, I mean, you can technically play oh. it on PS5 if you want, but it's not on Steam I, or yeah, anything, which is weird. Yeah, I assume it was PS5. I've been playing it on my PS5. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just PS4. Maybe, I mean, you can still play it. It's not going to look that much better even if it was yeah. native for PS5, but um, they're still going to have weird little cat mouths for all the characters and stuff, but I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, hey, Leo! Hey! Uh, do you know how this whole thing operates? Yeah. You do? It's those little, little guys, right? It's the little... Give- Giving us money? It's the little guys giving us money. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash minmax with two ends. If you go to that URL, you can become a big guy today. Guaranteed. Uh, find the that's tier that's right. right for you. Help keep this whole thing afloat. We appreciate it. We have a Patreon goal where we're trying to make a documentary about everybody's pets. And we're going to make it if we hit 3,400 supporters. We are like 85 supporters away from hitting it. And with the combination of you can jump in. Help support. Oh, good lord. There it is right there. Oh, For watching the gosh. video version of Leo's cats being shown off with a Mars filter? I don't exactly know. It looks like it came from the gates of hell. That. that is doom. That's terrible. Anyways, we make a whole documentary. Way my soul. You listening to this, you can put us over the top right now. If you go to patreon.com slash minimax with two ends, jump in there and unlock a benefit like the podcast version of The Deepest Dive on Like a Dragon Ishin, or you can unlock the podcast version of The Deepest Dive on Resident Evil 4 Remake, which will be coming up very soon. So it's a great time to jump in there, help support us. We appreciate it. 
And thank you to some of our biggest supporters. You know who you are, but just in case you don't, we'll tell you. We're talking about I Am 8-Bit, our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want you to know about The Pathless, a game that Kyle thoroughly enjoyed, if I may put words in his mouth. Um, it is available on the Nintendo Switch, and there is an exclusive physical edition from I Am 8-Bit. You can pre-order it right now at I Am 8-Bit's wonderful site, the Nintendo Switch physical edition that comes with a fold-up poster, reversible cover sheet, collectible art cards, exclusive artwork, a bunch of good stuff in there. So check that out and help support I Am 8-Bit in a big bad way because they support us in a big bad way by shipping out a prize each and every week to the MinMax community. They're so generous. So go to their store and you can use the promo code SWEETHEARTS, all one word, SWEETHEARTS, and you can get 10% off of everything in their store under $100. And help support them because this week, they are shipping out. This is... I mean, if it's cool and Kyle's cool, and there's a very clear evidence of this, because Kyle, this week, whoever has the best questions submitted over on Patreon, uh, they win, thanks to I am 8-Bit, the Hyperlight Drifter vinyl soundtrack. Four-album really vinyl good. soundtrack. Uh, they will just mail it to your damn house. Uh, again, we're giving that out to whoever has submitted the best question over on Patreon. If you support us any tier on Patreon, you can submit a question each and every week and win a great prize, thanks to I am 8-Bit. All right, Leo's cat, you ready for these cool questions? Oh, <laughs> oh I'm like excited. Okay. Yes. Season ready. Uh, Nick from Atlanta writes in, they say, hey, cohorts, I've been enjoying Theater Rhythm on Switch, which is a little weird considering I haven't actually played most of the Final Fantasy games. Regardless, the music slaps and it's great to hear all these original songs and remixes from Final Fantasy's history. What other game franchise or publisher do you think should have its own rhythm game? I don't Mega know why Nintendo doesn't have one. Yeah. Just overall like, Nintendo music? I mean, it's yeah, kind of... Yeah, like, I just think they could just have, like, Nintendo Rhythm or something. I don't the know. The Kondo That's collection. That's a bad name. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. What? I mean, that would be the greatest thing ever is, God forbid, if Koji Kondo ever retires or retires from Earth, like, wouldn't that be awesome just to have, like, a Beatles rock band style documentary game where you're just going through Koji Kondo's entire career? Like, they could do it. They are technically capable of making a game like that. I mean, I guess that's just Smash Brothers is just go to the music section of Smash Brothers and uh, bang on your legs. And that's clap your hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Donkey Kong. Get your Donkey Kong Kongas out. Yeah. Plug them yeah. in. Yeah, I, mean, I think somebody needs to do it for like indie games in general. Mm-hmm. Ooh. A lot of crossovers like Shovel Knight or Rivals of Aether or whatever, where it's just you get all these different indie games with with banging music. That's a good like, point. Somebody my brain now. It's like, God, I, I'm surprised it doesn't exist at some capacity already. I mean, you can mod like you can mod like Beat Saber and there's like Osu and they would come with like tracks that people created. But there's right. no like one stop. I mean, they are kind of one stop shops, but it's like you have to be able to. Find and seek what you want. There was. I want little crossovers though of like chicory music with cute chicory visuals within mm-hmm. like one. Right. Yeah. Umbrella. It's surprising that doesn't exist. I mean, there was everybody's favorite Amplitude on PS4, uh, wildly underrated game. But they they brought in music from like Crypt of the Necrodancer. They brought in the song that Ted Price, founder of Insomniac, sang. Like they, they were at least <laughs> musically trying to interconnect a couple other indie studios. But like, yeah, just kind of the indie smash brothers with music rhythm game it must be out there we just don't see it but they can bring in score and soundtrack all the hits keep that crossing over uh yeah i i, I did i said Mega Man x earlier yeah. but like actually honestly just Mega Man. just like mm. let's do them all final, final fantasy style like that would be incredible they could, it would be even kind of fun if they could like 
like ended right where you have to like shoot in time with the music or something. Ooh. I, I would love that. Right, right, right. That would be good. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't go Zelda, Kyle. I mean, you, we kind of cover it with the Nintendo stuff, but like Zelda seems like the only franchise that could possibly rival Final Fantasy. Yeah, but like it's a lot of even even Final Fantasy music is a lot of orchestration, which I don't think is necessarily suited to rhythm games. Interesting. Right? Yeah, uh, where Mega Man X is all Mega Man, Mega Man X, like all that music is has like driving beats that I think would be amazing for like a rhythm game. Yeah. Um, and plus, um, the why can't I think of it? The exercise game for the the Switch. Um, something called. Yeah, Ring Fit. Ring Fit. Yeah. yeah, Ring Fit. Ring Fit has a Breath of the Wild rhythm game in it already. So we're oh there. yeah 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 that's right. God, I forgot about that. I do um, want to play the Breath of the Wild piano trills, ambient <laughs> piano yeah. <laughs> on the Rock like Band three piano. Buttons. Yeah, um, I I if they ever made one, any publisher ever made one, they'd probably recruit the studio. And like I went down a weird rabbit hole today of just the studio that made the theater rhythm games. They're called Indie Zero, and it's just like one of those weird studios. I've never really heard of them or cared about them before and you start digging in and they just have this fascinating history where like they made the kingdom hearts rhythm game if you remember that a while ago and they also made the others uh, the dragon quest theater rhythm game and stuff um but then they also go back to 1997 and they got their start working on this Satellaview, like working on software for that weird thing where the super nintendo add-on where you played and downloaded satellite games and remakes of original delta and all that nonsense um and then they made electroplankton they made Sushi Strikers, the NES Remix games. Like, they've just been around for 25 years now just making weird, oddball projects like this. So, so Capcom, please reach out to them and get that Mega Man game rolling, please. Please. I mean, please. there's a lot of Capcom. Street Fighter, right? That's, yeah. Ooh, just, just overall Capcom, Capcom music? Yeah. yeah. Nick McGrath asked, why hasn't Sonic the Hedgehog gotten a rhythm game? Because they, they got to do it. At least Castlevania before they do Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. There's other ones. There's better ones. <laughs> Uh, Mike, I don't know. Sonic Adventure 2, Escape from the City on my rhythm games. Have you thought of it, Kyle? Uh, Michael Barry says, hey, where's Jumpin' Flash for PSVR 2? Seems like it'd be a perfect marriage between early PlayStation nostalgia and novel VR gameplay. Same for Ape Escape. I do think an Ape Escape game in VR would totally work. I think they'd be a great. It's not contender. about making like things that would be good though. It's about how do I reload a gun? Right. Crouch behind this like low wall. <laughs> right, right, right. We're not thinking like there. I doesn't feel like they're thinking like what would actually be successful, and it's more just like uh, these are the games on other platforms. Look at your gun. No crouch. Right. We'll make it artistic <laughs> looking. I swear. I would love to try Jumping Flash, but I bet that game, like just even conceptually, would just make you so sick it'd be brutal <laughs> it'd be completely brutal um but yeah i'd love to see like iq in vr i think there's a lot of if they just had like a retro playstation package of just here's a bunch of weird experiences hey, I, that might that'd be something. solid with the ps1 visuals man someone Hang did on. that mod where you could like explore shadow moses with the ps1 visuals and i've never wanted anything more to actually exist in the video game space in my life <laughs> wait kyle hang on are you sitting Hold down on. i'm closing my eyes are you sitting down Yes, I am. What if they just released the game and they just called it Metal Gear VR Missions? They just like use the same title as that PS1 game, but these are actually those missions just in VR. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes, let's do it. You and me somehow. All right, here we go. I, I, I just researched a studio called Indie Zero. We could reach out to them, see if they want to do it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they they just released let's a game. Let's get the rights quick. Let's get the rights. Hurry, 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 hurry. We're crap, we're live. Crap, we're live. <laughs> They're available. Someone's going to take our idea. 
Um, Kyle, okay. What about this for an idea? Tell me that this is corporate naivete. I understand that. But I was thinking about PSVR 2 and, and just what they could do. I was thinking about like, you know what's weird is Sony owns a studio that's made a ton of VR games that no one has played. Like, isn't it weird that they'd have to wrangle with meta for the rights and I understand it'd be a mess, but like just they should release like the Insomniac VR bundle and just release all of those Insomniac games that a lot of people haven't played, like Edge of Nowhere, Stormland, The Unspoken, Feral Rights. Like one of the most beloved studios on earth released four VR exclusive games and now they're owned by Sony and those dots aren't connecting. It's weird, right? Yeah, absolutely. Edge of Nowhere, I really like. I would love to sort of have a chance to play through that again. That was, yeah. I would love that, yeah. Right, it's, that's one like, what, it's a kind of um, Lovecraftian, the Antarctica, you're running around. Third person, which yeah. is like, I, I feel like there's just not enough third person stuff. I like third person stuff in VR. Yeah. Uh, Tom Blackburn says, hey everybody, uh, how can VR convince parents or owners of small pets that they aren't going to step on their children or fuzzy children? Are there any strategies so I can make use of my aging VR hardware? You're gonna, you're gonna step on them. Yeah. And that's okay. They'll recover. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I have a VR mat that I use. It's small and circular. Let me just push this cat off of me to show it to you. No, sure. don't disturb him. <laughs> Space oh. traveler. You'll notice it has these raised spots, one in the middle and one in the front. So you can feel with your feet. Where, whether you're on the center of it or which direction is the front of oh, you. Oh, weird. And then I just have it with a few feet of clearance on every side so I can, you know, lean out to go do something, but I can still feel where center is and come back to it really easily. Right. And that prevents a lot of uh, incidents from occurring. That's nice. Uh, you guys were making fun of me earlier, but I'm telling you, stool is no. the way to go, man. No, that's it's so way lame. To go. I got my drum stool. It's perfect. You're not immersion isn't broken by the by spinning around on a little stool. No, that's how I like to play Alex in its entirety. I was like sitting on this stool. I had it raised high, so I wasn't quite like totally seated. It was perfect. You can cut, relax. You can lean back a little bit. You don't have to stand for too long. Kyle, Come when on. was the last time you watched Waiting for Guffman? By the way, uh, nah, man, it's been years. Okay. Although I did watch the the Netflix show about the mascots where that character Ooh. appears. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. quirky. I don't think it gets. But do you remember that song in the musical um, <laughs> where the town is renowned? It was put on the map for the stool boom because they started making stools and it really took off. And then the whole song in the musical where it's like, stools are where once upon a time you'd find a chair. Chairs for fools. Everybody wants stools. Anyway, that's what I was thinking of. That's my favorite that song. I've seen that movie like, okay, everyone exaggerates, but honestly, probably 16 times. I'll, I'll say well, confidently. Uh, let's see. Um, Tom Rickard writes in, this is a, this is a question, all right. Tom, you made me think a lot. Tom says, hey, everybody. I've been playing through Metroid Prime Remastered for the first time, and I'm loving how interesting the levels are. I feel like with modern open-world games, we don't see as many well-designed levels as we used to. What are some levels, good or bad, that are consistently your definition, your definition of a video game-ass video game level? Would you go more modern, like New Donk City? in uh mario odyssey the milkman conspiracy and psychonauts loving the show thank you tom so mm. good or bad just video game ass video game level is such a good question whenever i end up in some weird sewer system and i have to change the water levels, right right i 
hate that. <laughs> but that is I video hate, game 101. Yes. Uh, it's the most video game. If I have, First of all, I'm over sewers. <laughs> right. Get them out. Yep. Be more creative. I'm sick of it. Yep. And I'm also sick of changing the water level puzzles because they keep showing up and they're just a step away from like the shifting puzzle, like the shifting tile puzzle. And I don't like that either. <laughs> Kyle, it, and usually you have to run between like the furthest points of the map. Like I don't right. even need to guess where you put those buttons. I will just look at the map and pick the furthest direction <laughs> because I know that's where you put it. And that's fun, I think. I mean, Leo, I don't know how far you are in the Psychonauts 2 documentary, but I thought, and Kyle, I don't know how far you are either if you've started it in any real way, but you should. But it's fascinating that like there's a whole level in Psychonauts 2 and the pitch is just Tim Schafer being like, Wet dry world from Mario 64 is awesome. Like changing the water levels rules. Let's like make a whole level based on that. And the team is just brought through hell. They have to reboot it like over and over again. It is just like the <laughs> hell level design. They cannot do it for years. And then they have a clip of like Tim Schafer going back and playing wet dry world from Mario 64. And he's like, wait, this level sucks. I don't know why I thought this was actually good. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what have we done? Uh, I, I was trying to think of what, what Sarah's thought. I was like, man, have I ever been in a sewer level and thought, this is cool. This is a cool no, this is a cool. That place. does not exist. <laughs> uh, what about that um, Turtles game? Yeah, that's like the Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, Metal Gear when Rising you first Revengeance. When into a wolf and Twilight Princess, you're kind of roaming around the sewers for a little while. And that's creepy and mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Um, it, this is... I think this is a good level, and you know, I already kind of referenced the game, but I think like we're just thinking about classic ass video game level. Like Bob on Battlefield is that's gotta be up there, right? For just like, all right, you have a clear objective, yeah. get to the top for the for the first star at least, and it's fun to play around, but there's still you gotta navigate it as you work your way up, little challenges. Like it's the perfect level of freedom and structure, I think. It's yeah, it's kinda like um, you know, you've seen those breakdowns of the one one from Mario about how it teaches you how to play yeah, and like right. you know, it that's like that's kind of what Bob on Battlefield is in a 3D space. Totally. Right? Like it's just like the 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 mountain in the distance, like you just intrinsically know that that's your goal and like making up there. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Um or you just I don't know, or you go for just the best of like Titanfall two cause and effect, like the time travel level, like but that's I don't more know. It's an awesome mechanic than yeah. like an amazing level. Right. Which is, which is cool in its own way. I'm not being dismissive of it or anything, but yeah. Kind of sounds like it. Yes, Sarah. I just want to say to add to my sewer thing, I would like to add <laughs> mines to that. Mines are just sewers without right. the water, and they also suck. Yes. Yep. Where, where do you stand on like Elden Ring and just kind of navigating I those spaces over and over again? Really liked Elden Ring's level design, but if, I think that's you, just like they're really good at it. Even for the mines they with do that? Really like, well. Okay. Well, you mean like the different sort of like cave systems? Well, I guess there's a difference. Like there's the, your... there's the mines, which I guess are one thing, but then I guess there's kind of like the repeatable sections. Cave systems? Yeah, I caves. I didn't really like that part very much, but they were normally short and you could leave at any time and yeah. nobody was making me do it. Right, so, right. But unlike, you know, other games where it's like, oh, we got to get through this mind system through the mountain and can't go over it can't go around it gotta go through it and you're like oh it's gonna be a mine isn't it mm -hmm. i mean i do i do really do think from is like the modern masters i remember playing yeah. dark souls 2 which is the first from that i really got into and thinking to myself i was like man this is the first time in like years that i can remember like really remember the layout 
of locations just because I've gotten to know them so well because you kind of have to creep your way through slowly. Right. And um, and that extends to like part, you know, Elden Ring's obviously more open, but there are so many areas that are sort of carefully designed and like push you in different directions. And Sekiro is really great about that too, with having like grapple points and stuff like that. So in terms of like who's doing it well today, it's, it, it's from. Yeah. You know? Even just, uh, it's, I think we talked about it. We talked about the game, but just like, uh, Hi-Fi Rush 2 I, I was delighted by the level design in that game I mean I've just been playing too many open worlds recently but just like very tight little intricate section by section pieces of level design where it's just like I feel like okay I can understand every space in this game and it's kind of comforting to be like how are they laying this stuff out um, Charles Bean wrote in and um, it's Ask Kissy I'm sorry they say I thought the Trivia Tower uh, episode with the blank check crossover was great movie, tri- uh, movie trivia should be in regular rotation thank you for the great content thank you Charles uh, thanks everybody yeah, who watched and uh, competed in the first film episode of uh, Trivia Tower I've wanted to do that for a long time to like shake it up and do something other than video games so that was fun to bring in blank check folks um, and I guess I won't spoil what happens in the end, but I'm fully expecting producer Ben Hosley to make good on his promise of shipping me some of his, a piece of his jeans that were buried in the backyard. He <laughs> oh, says God, they're good. coming, but I sent my address and haven't heard anything back. So Hosley, don't screw me on this. I want those ground jeans. <laughs> uh, Mick Manga writes in and says, so a goofy idea crossed my mind. Wii sports and Tetris on the game boy are among the best selling games ever by being a pack in. Even Nintendo adds those to their sales figures. So my question is simple, ladies and gentlemen. Is it time to give Metroid Prime Hunter's first hunt its due? Or am I a madman? I think of it this way. The DS is almost tied with the PS2 for most popular hardware of all time. So it would make sense that the Metroid series is technically one of the best selling ever. That's funny. I really thought the email was going in the direction of it's stupid that Nintendo does this and ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Counts the sales. But, but certainly I have fond memories of that uh, Metroid Prime DS game. That blew me away. Is but it? That was a demo, though. It was a demo, but it was yeah. like, a you know, it had a name. It wasn't just a demo for Metroid Prime Hunters. Here but- it is. <laughs> you just have that? Like, yeah, wow. well, because I had I showed like Ben my Game Boy case, right? And I was right. like, wait a second, that sounds really familiar, but I have no memory of receiving this game. <laughs> and I opened it up, and there it was. So, did it come even like the later DS generations? Was it? It was just like the fat one, right? It was just the launch. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. So maybe that weakens it a little for overall software sales, but I bet that's a bigger component of why people are nostalgic or have fond feelings for Metroid Prime series than they'd care to admit. Because mm-hmm. Metroid Prime 1 sold, what, like 3 million copies or whatever the hell, but then this is played on millions and millions and millions of DSs? Like, there's something there. I, do, I, think it's I don't interesting. think I ever played it. <laughs> no, no one actually played it. But. I don't think I actually played it. <laughs> Uh, I remember feeling very, very like ultimate nerd because I had a DS and then the the singer in my band had a DS and we, you know, drove 40 minutes to a nearby city to play a show and like we set up and we were waiting to get started and him and I broke out our DSs and we we're playing Metroid. <laughs> like yeah. the, I was like, I feel like we should be doing something cooler. Like we're in a band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, we're just sitting here playing uh, Metroid. It's cool. It was cool. You know what? History is on your side, man. The 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 nerds right. won. So yeah, hell yeah. What are you gonna do? Try heroin for the first time? You have no other options. You gotta play Metroid Prime first time. Those are the two. That's right. Um, let's see. David Dubs writes in says, "You ever wanna try heroin, Kyle?" 
No, I'm okay. good. Good. Uh, David says, "Hey, folks, that's, that's that new show plus option out the window." <laughs> 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 I can barely. Uh, I can't even rewatch Train Spotting anymore. Or, you can't. So, uh, David says, "Hey, folks, is there something you had absolutely no interest in until some algorithm threw it in front of you?" A year ago, I had absolutely no interest in public transportation and infrastructure, but since YouTube started putting up those videos for recommendations, it's all I watch now. Did I choose to like this, or did the robots make me? Uh, yeah, when the AI takes over, David, you are going to have to design the new infrastructure plan. So I hope you're paying attention to all of those uh, great videos. Um, yeah, it, I guess, yeah, algorithm recommendations out of the blue that have hit the mark. Something stand out for somebody? My my partner and I, uh, we want YouTube to throw us weirder stuff because we love going mm. down those weird rabbit holes based off the one thing. It gives us recently we got really into snooker because it gave us one snooker <laughs> highlights video and we were like how does this work this highlights video is so much more confusing than i expected as far as what people are applauding for what seems to be impressive and so we've just been watching snooker clips and like trying to figure out the rules of snooker and that's been a really fun episode. how is snooker the pool with the little bumpy things on it or what is that it's pool with like 20 balls and most of them are red Oh, and weird. the table's way bigger, and huh. it's way way harder. Okay, Kyle, do you know There's what I'm talking this... about? What what that other pool is that has like the knobs on it? Have you, what, you and me? I, I don't think. No, we haven't played it together. I'm just asking because you're older oh. and you seem wise. Oh, I've seen it before. I guess, okay. but yeah, I don't know what it is. I not this... foosball. That's it. that's it. Air hockey. No, no, it's just, just uh, the bumpers oh, sorry, or whatever. No, I, I'm I don't know what I'm talking about. Kyle, go ahead. Go I was now. just going to say, there's this show, this BBC show uh, created by David Cross called The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. Right. And, like, there's a, a an important plot where, like, he's trying to get a famous snooker player to, like, represent his energy drink. And, like, I didn't I didn't realize, I thought it was, like, made up for the show. Like, I thought, I didn't know <laughs> who it was. I was like, this is a game? I didn't realize it was, like, a thing. <laughs> Weird. Uh, it turns out it's called Bumper Pool. I should have figured that out. Uh. Um, mine is, maybe I was like buying too many presents for my nephews or something, but my phone, I think just Google, just tossed this ad in my feed. It was the first time I've ever done a double take um, for just some stupid ad. I was like, what is this? Blew my damn mind. Um, <laughs> Kyle, have you seen this toy? It's like a, it's a train. Why are you directing all these questions at me? I don't because know Because it's, it's for kids. It's for kids and you have, <laughs> it's for kids and you have like six kids or something. But it's like a train <laughs> And you put like domino blocks in the back and make this big stack. And then the train goes like choo choo and it moves ahead and then it stacks the domino pieces behind it. So it's like the automatic joy of like flicking the domino train, the line when you're done. But then also just like a cool block depositing train that goes around your living room. It's like it is the biggest slam dunk of a kid's toy I've ever seen in my life. I'm sorry to think that based on the way you're talking about it, I don't Wait know if it was because of the kid's thing Wait or just because minute. they knew you specifically <laughs> would really want this. Oh no, he would like some weird tactile I block think thing? I it's like, it's like when people like out themselves by like, I'm getting all this weird stuff in my algorithm and you're right. like, oh, it's kind of on you though. Like, So the AI is trying to turn me into a six-year-old or he doesn't have to try? It just, it I just have, knows I, that you would pay for a tiny train that would stack dominoes so you could knock them down. I only bought two. Uh, Joey wrote in and says, boy, a Mac spoilers on Psych Odyssey, the Double Fine documentary, would sure be fun. 
Thank you, Joey. Stay tuned to MinMax's channel, please. Uh, we're going to be hearing about this documentary <laughs> until the Game of the Year discussion. I, and then it it's good? the only thing we're going to hear it about. It is so good. Jacob Keller just finished it. He was gaga over it. Uh, Blake Hester from Game Reform was just raving about it. Um, also, like, there's so many people talking about it in the Discord that they had a, there's now a channel devoted to Psych Odyssey discussions because... Kyle is so damn good. Ke- it is good. Okay, I had heard good. this. Shut up, you jackass. <laughs> Case Mulder wrote in and asked, why am I addicted to a documentary? Because it's amazing. Leo, are you still plugging along with that thing? Plug in. Plug in. I, yeah, I, I'm sure I will finish it. I guess I could go faster based on uh, being able to then join the conversation about it. No, but it's, no. you know, there's lots of other stuff I listen to also. I don't know why. Um, Graham Jones writes in and says, I've been playing Atomic Heart recently, and while the game world is captivating, the main character is super cringy and obnoxious. Um, I'm wondering, what are some of the cringiest characters in gaming, and where does P3 rank? P3 is Atomic's Heart, Atomic Heart's protagonist, Kyle? Yeah, he's number one. You know, he's, he hasn't been on the, 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 he hasn't been out there long, but he's really gunning for first place. What is his deal? He's a, a just a, he's an asshole. He's just okay. like mean for no reason to everybody about everything. <laughs> he's just a jerk. Huh. Um, yeah, he's just he feels like super edgy for the sake of being edgy. He really feels of a different era. In an effort to make people laugh. No, he's just like it's. But I, is that I what think, you're trying? I think they think he's cool because he's so mean right. and like he's like, yeah, it's it's rough. It is like that that game like. It made a good first impression on me like that 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 opening of that game is very cool and the okay. world that they've sort of like art designed looks incredible but like he really just is terrible <laughs> like, he's awful uh so yeah this is atomic card you don't remember it's kind of the um it's on game pass it is the bioshock inspired alternate soviet union history game that full disclosure has some confusing ties to the Russian government with the funding and it's kind of a yeah. mess. Uh, and like the composer, uh, Mick Gordon, who did the most recent doom games, he's like, uh, I'm donating all the money I made off this game, uh, to the Ukrainian war effort. Cause like this is, this is a weird it's thing. It's complicated. Yeah. It's a mess. Uh, yeah. but have you been enjoying it, Kyle? I mean, I like, it, it, uh, okay. Yes. I really okay. do not like that protagonist, but sure. like the, it, the animation and like the world they've established and even like the lore that they've set up is really fascinating and interesting. Okay. Um, I have gotten distracted by other games. I may go back to it. We'll see. Gotcha. Uh, Andrew Martin writes in and says, is Kiryu the hottest protagonist with the most games? I say yes, though Samus is a Industry close second. A champ. <sighs> yeah. Hotties that have just been around for longer series. I just feel series. like, you know, Samus, like she's, if we're talking about if that was like, is that the one that you're putting forward? For well, the debate? that's what Andrew does. Yeah. Like, I, there's not a lot of personality there. Yeah. But like, Kiryu has both a hot body and a hot personality, so he's right. like double yeah. winning. What about like Kami, like Street Fighter characters? I'd imagine again personality. I don't know if you saw uh, she... the Street Fighter characters. I'll I'll give it up for some sort of personality. In yeah, sort of subtle ways more than Samus. Yeah, Kami had a butt and she fought in front of the British police and the <laughs> horses. You saw the trailer today, Sarah. Um, Elliot- she had the least butt, which was surprising. <laughs> the least crotch shots of all of the characters they showed. It was a lot of Zangief ass in that trailer. Uh, Elliot Smith writes in, oh, welcome back to Earth. They say, hey, <laughs> hey. Can you read it in his voice? <laughs> I breathy. cannot. I cannot. And I won't. Hey, gang. Hope this makes the show better. 
Um, we've had lots of live services and lately. Rest in peace, Rumpleverse. Uh, does the crew feel we're going to see a change to the mindset of developers because of this? Because of all these live service games shutting down, like Knockout City and whatnot. Hmm. Well, yeah, we mean publishers, right? I suppose so. I feel like they're the ones who say, hey, developers, here's the type of game that this should be. Right. But I mean, for those yeah. examples, I feel like, you know, like a Rumbleverse that feels like, okay, what's the safest bet for a studio we can make for an independent studio like Iron Galaxy? Let's try and make some live service uh, Battle Royale and uh, uh, not so much. I feel like the only way that's going to happen is if like the top grossing games are suddenly no longer live service games because every publisher just says, I want what they have. Right. Give me what they have, even if it doesn't make sense with anything else we've created or the game that we've created, even though it's like counterintuitive to what we should be doing. They yeah. literally just go, they literally point and they go, that looks successful. Give I know. Me some of that. But and now I think they know yeah. the risks and they think it's yeah. worth it. Mm-hmm. But I think it, this this might be the start of a turn where those games die faster. Where it becomes more normal to kill something after a year or less. Yeah, and it's weird for, you know, the studio that everybody's looking at the game. Well, I don't know about everybody, but some people are looking at like Destiny. It's like, you mm. you want to climb to the top of that turd mountain where their community is just <laughs> sending death threats every day and it seems like the developers are just going through hell just to try and keep that thing alive? Like, I understand Dream. there's a decent amount of money coming in. Not exactly GTA 5 levels of cash, you know, but like just for all these studios for so long just to try and get to that spot that Destiny, it's miraculous they've made it there. But it's like, I don't know if that's a model for what you want to do to your teams. Yeah, I, I, it's almost like it feels like it's almost there's like a turning point where it's almost like a safer bet to make like a solid, like single player game at this point. Well, which is like, I, I would love to trend that way i my my currency for these kind of games is time like i yeah. do not want a commitment to a video game i just don't you know yeah. i'd rather i mean just play a single player have a good single player experience and peace out you know but i i that's not you know that's a one-time purchase maybe some dlc purchases and not much else but that's i think what is so weird about sony because it felt like with the ps4 generation that's a lesson they learned is like you know what you make a really good single player high budget game yeah, you'll whiff a couple times, but you can sustain almost an entire console based on that pedigree. Um, and now it seems like the trend is them going towards live service stuff. Where it's like, what? You just, you want more money? I don't understand. Like, I know it's <laughs> easy to, be, you know, be like, oh, another third person game where the dad is sad. That's Sony games and they want to try and shake it up. But like for them to be pushing into live service now after such a successful generation, it feels odd compared to the rest of the industry realizing more and more like i don't know i don't know if every franchise needs to be a living game but well, there's no such the thing popularity, as popularity yeah. yeah then the popularity of the last of us tv show i think a lot of people a lot of studios are going to be like we can monetize ip other ways like we can make a movie mm-hmm. like mario has a movie they have a theme park like you can look at your ip outside the realm of video games now like tv shows comic books movies like there's other ways to monetize yeah, other than just going for the classic living game. But what if you did everything at once? We're talking Twisted Metal Show, Twisted Metal Living Game, Twisted Metal Comic Book, Twisted Metal Restaurant, whatever you want. <laughs> restaurant. Um, Adam Cohen, only ice cream cones. Um, and what else, Kyle? Help me out. Wait, this is what they sell at the Twisted Metal Restaurant? Yeah. Well, just ice cream cones? <laughs> yeah, sweet tooth. Ice cream cones. What else is there? There'd be like... The guy who was who stood and went on the two wheels, Axel. Axel, his his arms get blown off as to show damage. You could have the like turkey drumstick, Axel. <laughs> Axel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it, it makes itself money. 
Um, Adam Cohen <laughs> writes in and says, Hey, Min Max crew, the Patreon goal that you all have right now of featuring your pets in a documentary is cool. But um, may I suggest a more urgent one for Patreon? Uh, please send Leo Vader to E3. Assuming he still wants to go, of course. I do remember Leo talking about how he was supposed to go for his first trip several times for Game Informer, but then it kept not happening for various reasons. I would raise my Patreon tier for a few months to help Leo finally get to E3. Ain't that sweet? That's touching. Thank you. Um, yeah, we, we talked about it. Um, and we were fortunate enough to be in a spot of like, okay, it, it'd be weird if we didn't hit that goal. We just wouldn't send leo to e3 like why even make that an option uh, that's what i said is if we enter in the possibility that it could not happen it won't happen right right this is my curse if we put that up as a patreon goal our funding would plummet to just yes. bare minimum levels uh so the good news is leo vader locked in put him on that plane now he is going to e3 thanks everybody's if, support if on it patreon. happens though do we know for sure that it's happening? I mean, unless there's a wild new COVID outbreak, but what are the odds of that? You already ruined really? it. We're doing it now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So you are registered, something right? unprecedented happens. Oh, crap. Register. Are we going to do that part? Did you register for E3? Seriously, Leo? Was there a deadline? I think they're sending approval emails out now. I think some people have got them. Hey, Leo, I'm going to write down a little note. Uh, register for <laughs> E3. Um, but the good news is the plan right now, at least based on our meetings, is it's not just Leo going to E3. But Sarah Podorsky is going to E3 with Leo. What? Hell yeah. I'm, I like to think that I'm going as Leo's tour guide. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'll get a little flag and a little white cap. I can't wait. And Sarah, and you, just, you should bring like a pouch of balloons and just like inflate them the whole time. I need time. to get like, well, yeah, we want t-shirts that Matching says like Leo's first E3. And then on the yeah. back, it'll just say end last. Right, mark. right, right. It's going to be good. Uh, so yeah, those two are going to E3. We'll be doing reaction streams and all that stuff in some capacity here. It might be funky. Stay tuned. Uh, but then also, uh, oh, we thought like, oh, we should have some Patreon goal associated with it. So we're going to have a, we're locking in those two going to E3. But um, we will have a Patreon goal that we'll announce for a little extra something, something. Uh, maybe an extra day on their trip where they can go explore some other things in LA, maybe with Janet Garcia, maybe some things that might be kind of fun that just opened up in February. We'll see. Uh, so stay tuned to Patreon. Thanks for your support. Honestly, it's it's amazing that we're at a spot where it's like, we don't even have to plead for money to get Leo and Sarah to go to E3. It's it's incredible. So it's all thanks to the community. So thank you. Thank um, you. And thank you, all oh, the smile on their faces when they go to that show. Leo's head's going to freaking explode. It's going to be sweet. I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. Uh, Travis Manick uh, says, hello, Ben and friends. And friends has two ends. And then Travis says, hold for response. Thank you. A plus. A plus. Uh, for Spoken and Ant-Man are, at worst, fine experiences that are fun, even if they don't move their respective genres forward or whatever. But any discourse about them is basically, this belongs in a dumpster fire or a fire or a dumpster that is on fire. <laughs> What's up with that? Why are games and movies only allowed to be masterpieces or hot garbage? Is the bar just it's so high nowadays? social media yeah. loves hyperbole. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's just yeah. the answer. You get rewarded for going mm -hmm. on one end or the other of the spectrum. You don't. There's no reward for being in the middle. Yeah. And I think outside of social media, it's there's something human about it being like more exciting to have a take of this is really in an extreme one way or another. It's just real world attention. You mean? Yeah. Just people will pay attention to you a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or you know you're being a little naughty. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> Simple as that. Do you do you like 
going to a movie, Leo, and sitting next to people and being unsure what they think of it. Like, have you ever had that experience of like leaving a movie and then talking about it with your friends and they just have a completely different take than you assume they had? And it's just lots jarring. of times I think they're they are hating it and yes. then I find out they liked it. Yeah. I had that experience where I think I was seeing Nope with some friends. And I was like, I think these people hate it. And then everyone came out and was like, Oh, that was the best. I was like, okay, because I liked it too, but I really it's a movie that I feel like can go either way, you know? Yeah, it's hard not to get in my head about that for sure and just be like, are you like it doesn't matter, it doesn't impact they my watch? How do you watch movies, film? Sarah? What cue are you, what like, cues are you looking for from I them? think I watch people in theaters more than the average person. That is so, but like, what interested. are you looking for that you would be like, ah, oh, yeah, he likes this. <laughs> he really <laughs> likes this. <laughs> um, you know, just that classic telltale sign where they say, what are you staring at, you weirdo? Look at the movie. <laughs> uh, just those you want to see things. like a single tear like roll down their cheek and like right. a slight chuckle, yeah. a half smile. Yeah. Is it too much to ask for? <laughs> yes, exactly that. Um. Yeah, I um I was listening to uh, Daniels, the co-directors of Everything Ever All at Once, yeah. interview with them, and it was from the time when the movie was just getting to advanced audiences, and it was at like the highest ranked movie on Letterboxd or something mm-hmm. of all time, and they were like grateful for it. But they, uh, but Daniel Kwan also said it's like frustrating because they don't want that to be the conversation. Yeah, it's like is this one of the best movies of all time? Totally. Instantly, that poisons your perception of it going into it versus just. Mm. I'm going to see this movie and think whatever I think about it. It's like, is this the best movie of all time? Of course not. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, to a lesser degree, but it feels like the Citizen Kane thing, you know, of like, I like Citizen Kane. I, I, I've seen that movie twice, but like every time, and I, this happens oh, all the time in my life. Apparently. <laughs> Guffman is absolutely better than Citizen Kane. But like, <laughs> but like if you try and tell somebody like, Hey, you want to watch Citizen Kane? They'll be like, ah, I don't, the greatest movie of all time. Like it just, it's too much pressure. It just feels stupid to watch it now. But if it just was a reputation of like, Oh, 1941, there was this actually really good movie that came out. You should watch it. Like it'd be completely different, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. Jai bones writes in, they say now that Kelsey isn't on the podcast, <laughs> It sounds like disdain, but I assume that's said with love. Um, just on this episode, <laughs> oh, as far okay. as I know, I, as far as I can tell, Kelsey is not on it. But now that Kelsey Lewin isn't on the podcast, uh, it's a level playing field. What's the best pickup you've got through thrifting, garage sales, Craigslist, etc.? I got a decent deal on a Vectrex that's in pretty good condition. That's that's good. I'm gonna go I get bought, mine while you give your answer, Kyle. I bought DJ Hero, like a brand new DJ Hero. Uh, from my Goodwill store up the street like a year and a half ago. Because um, I keep, cool. I will pop in there every now and then because I really want Rock Band, like four. Yeah. I want Rock Band four, like the whole kit and caboodle. I want the drums and the guitar, but it's like so expensive these days. Um, so I, I will pop into like my Goodwill every now and then and hope someone who didn't have the foresight to Google <laughs> Rock Band <laughs> or on eBay might have yeah. dropped one off. But I was, I was like... A DJ Hero 2, I think, I, I got. And it was it was like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. It was brand new. Like I, still, I, I had to pull it out of the plastic bags and everything, which was really cool. That is nice. Yeah, it's weird, the Rock Band Instruments thing. Like, Leo and I just went over to Brian Shea's not too long ago and played Rock Band and were reminded that it's like the best game ever. Um, yeah. And it is just this weird feeling of just like, God, I'm now scared of when my PS3 guitars break. Because I have two right now that are working fine. But like when those go down, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I just, I don't yeah, know. I, might, I think it's like... Five hundred dollars or something. To, yeah, like if you were to get like the drums and the guitar in the game for like the most recent rock band. Oh my! And like God. every couple of months, I'm like, am I there yet? Because <laughs> I could play this with my kid. It might be a lot of fun. You know, might be. No, uh, mine was. Uh, I was back in my hometown garage sailing, and they had Final Fantasy VIII 
like the PC version of Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and it's like all the discs and stuff, and like just seeing the art is cool and like fold out manual and stuff. And I brought it's it a up. Weird box too. I know, mm-hmm. I know. And so I brought it up to them, um, and I was like, "Hey, how much are you charging for this?" And they're like, uh, "I don't know, a dollar." Like, okay, great. <laughs> done and done. Thank you. So I'm very excited to have a weird copy of Final I'll Fantasy. Double it, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what do y'all like? I for- got a, oh, this, this yeah. guy behind me from a thrift store. The clown. Yeah. The sad Just clown. That one? Clown art. I got all the rest of them from thrift stores afterwards, but I like got this first, and then was mm-hmm. like, "Let me get a bunch of other things to match it." Nice. Mm-hmm. This is the heart of the wall for sure. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, let's see. What do y'all like for question of the week? Well, I think Leo and Sarah need some reminders. I have one locked in. I mean, that's I a- think just Sarah does. I'm willing to go with whatever someone says first. <laughs> Damn it, Sarah. Well, I, yeah, I and that guess, uh, I, th- I think the video game as a video game level is good. I there like we go. Yeah, Ship it. Good. I, Sarah, it's this type of attitude that just will I not really fly like on this podcast. Uh, I like the Metro Prime Hunters. <laughs> Ooh, actually, I like Hunters. I like Hunters. Yeah. I like hunters yeah. um, the live services also really end. good. Okay, okay. Enough of this, Sarah. Just wants to move on with her life deal. Uh, sincerely, everyone, everyone who gives a crap. Uh, this person gets a prize, Sarah. How can you not care? Uh, you, you need to make the right call. Drifter yes, this is a big deal. True. Um, it's hunters. Hunters is good. Hunters, Leo, you lean in hunters or levels? Well, that's a great question, Hanson. Yeah. Uh, thinking back on how those questions went, right? You know, we had, of course, the hunters one, which was a bit a bit about uh, gaming uh, when games sell real good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is as opposed to the other one you said, the levels which, one. The levels, which also was about video games in its own way, right? And I think comparing each of those, it really makes you wonder which one was the better question. Yeah. You're making some great points here, Leo. Thank you. I appreciate it. Furthermore. <laughs> come on, Leo, make He's a call. A Be a hero. <laughs> the Hunters won. Hunters! Congratulations, Mick Manga. You just won the big prize for finally giving Metroid Prime Hunters first hunt its due. Uh, now it's time for something called Get a Load of This. All right, hit us, Leo. Hit us with your best shot. Uh, let's remember. Here I go. I'm starting to remember what my... <laughs> I'm stretching this out so much. Right. Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, Hitman Elusive Target, Wallace and Gromit. It's a YouTube video, two minutes long. Perfect. It has 2,000 views, and it's an insanely well-done Elusive Target trailer from Hitman. But about Wallace and Gromit. That's content. And it's like got the motion graphics and stuff. It looks straight out of the actual game. It's really good. Do you feel like. Does that have an asterisk on it that says for Leo? Like I can't imagine. Is is your video about pitting on your own channel, pitting Elon Musk as an inventor against Wallace and Gromit. Is that the video out of any others that like you wanted to do better and you expected to do better? You're rooting to do better views wise? Huh. I guess I was expecting it to do a little better views wise, yeah. But of course, you know, Elon has access to so many resources. He's easily <laughs> depressed. He's silencing you. That's what it is. Uh, he's been shadow banned on YouTube. I honestly thought the ranking Brendan Fraser movies where he emerges from the past was going to do better. Yeah, yeah, it's unpredictable. Oh, you really hit the zeitgeist on that one. Yeah, you're right. You're too early. Yeah. You got to hit the whale zeitgeist right like a wave. Um, right. Hey, get a load of this. Um, 
I thought this was wild, but uh, it happened last week, or maybe earlier this week. It happened at some point. Point is, uh, Jake Solomon, the creative director for the XCOM series uh, and most recently Marvel's Midnight Suns, he left Firaxis after 23 years, which I know I shouldn't be surprised when the developer leaves a studio. Um, it's just this whole industry is constantly shaking up. You know, Shinji Mikami oh, like just left Tango. Years, over That's 20 a, years. The longest I've heard of a game career at a single company. It's wild. And he was always in, I feel like every interview we did with him, I feel like even the most recent interview we did talking about Marvel's Midnight Suns, like he's one of my favorite developers to interview. He feels very open and honest and talking about how brutal game development is my favorite topic. And, um, but every interview he's always, he says the same thing like, hey, I'm a simple man. I, I love my wife. We've been married forever. I've got the same old truck I've always had and I'll never leave for Axis. And then like this news file stuff, it really struck me as bizarre. Um, but very curious to see what he tackles next. But whole new era over there at uh, Axis apparently. But uh, Kyle, what do you got? Uh, hey, get a little of this. Um, <clears throat> I, I like South Park. I like Trey Parker, man. So I haven't watched it real, honestly in years. Like yeah. I, It's not one I keep up with. But apparently there was a recent episode with the character Token. The the he revealed that his name is actually Tolkien, like spelled like the author, uh-huh. and it had and it has been, and they've just gotten his name wrong all these years. And apparently, what they did like is they retroactively went and like updated all the subtitles on like <laughs> oh old episodes God. and like instances where his name appears on screen and stuff like that. They corrected it to say like Tolkien. Like they went <laughs> back through like since the character existed just to like just to retroactively uh, fix this like joke. <laughs> That they had for this one episode, uh, which is just so funny and insane to me. I I gotta say, like uh, South Park, I used to watch it so much, and I fell off and like I I didn't know where to watch it. It was all over the place. But now it's like, oh, it's back on HBO. I feel like new episodes weren't on there for a while. But I just watched that like Harry and Meghan episode, and it it made me laugh like a maniac. Just like at times, it's just like the right level. Like okay, this is why I used to love South Park. It is the right kind of dumb at time. Anyways, uh, Sarah. What do you have? Uh, yeah, get a load of this. I recently have gotten really into just dance lore. Yes. Apparently yes. there's lore that spans through all of, or like some of the Just Dance games. And like Just Dance 2023 actually has a Marvel-esque story to it <laughs> about like good versus evil. But I guess like to put it, probably most people have, at least played the first few Just Dances, but sure. to give you a little, like, idea of it. Remember the Rasputin guy? Right. Rah, rah, Rasputin. Yeah. Like, everyone knows that song. He apparently got married to the Katy Perry Hot and Cold dancer, and you can see them dancing together in a song. What? And then in Just Dance 2022, you see them, like, meeting for the first time in the background of another song. And you <laughs> see them, like, meet and, like, hang out, and they're, like, falling in love. And then in Just Dance 2023... <gasps> They get a divorce, <laughs> and you just see the Just Dance Katy Perry person dancing in front of, like, all their wedding photos breaking. Oh, my God. And this God. isn't the only one. There is, like, Lady Gaga telephone. Toxic. There is, like, all of these, like, little key moments that they just, like, sprinkled through all the Just Dance games that are quite dramatic. For Like, I wouldn't notice this unless That's someone so told good. me. That's so good. Why not? Cool. Like, it's fun for the developers, you know? Like, go it through is, it all. It is, but it's, like... Yeah. It, like, talk about playing the long game where they're yeah. like, yeah, they're married. Like, what do we do with them now? Like, well, we got this song called Psycho. So, like, I guess they get a divorce. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, yeah, no, it's, Just Dance is a pretty consistent staple in our house. Like, we, we play mm-hmm. it at least, like, every time a new one comes out, we play it for like a week or two. I had no idea about any of this. This is fascinating. It's hard. It's cool. And the 2023 one has some hard hitting lore where a girl from like 
the real world gets sucked into the just dance world and they need to defeat the power of evil with the power of dance so she kind of isekais herself and she has to go and she has to like grab all the coaches which is what they call the dancers apparently right and they have to form like a party of like good versus evil and then they kind of like dance versus the evil people it's like and you, these are all dances you can actually play, but, like, I wouldn't know. Like, it's not written anywhere. Right, right. You're just supposed to, like, notice it. Weird. Well, you gotta read the item descriptions mm-hmm. is, is where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, get a load of this. In the Discord for the community, uh, Crowboy shared this tweet from Wario64 um, where they say that according to the VGC podcast, which I believe is new, uh, Konami planned to have a, quote, pretty big E3 this year. And... They're going to announce a new Castlevania and a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake officially there, is the rumor. So hold on to your butts, everybody. E3 is going to be a banger, not just because Leo and Sarah are on the streets, but it's for sure happening and it's going to be big because we're getting the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, according to this podcast, at least. They heard we were coming. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. What do we have? What do we have? Oh, well, we've been sitting on this Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, apparently, for a decade. Let's do something with that. Uh, all right, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this thing. Uh, we have some things at MinMax you can know about. Uh, we got a bunch of content coming up on Monday. I'll leave it ambiguous, but it's tying into a certain theme. Bonus video about theater rhythm uh, going up on Friday with Sarah and I. I think it's a fun, silly thing. We might have recorded it right after we drank a lot of wine after Nintendo right Online. After Nintendo <laughs> so it's a little online. tipsy. Um, <laughs> and uh, exciting things is uh, we brought on a community manager here at Min Max, uh, Haley McLean, uh, who you know as a Game Informer intern, but then also you know uh, from Game Query, the podcast that she was on with Leo Vader for all those damn years. Right, Leo? That's right. We started after our uh, in- shared internship at Game Informer. Yeah. So I'm sure she'll be popping up on content here and there, but primarily uh, she is kind of managing the Discord and uh, taking care of the Discord, taking care of the mods and all that stuff. And she's uh, a very nice person. So jump in there and say hi and uh, thank her and the mods for all their hard work keeping that Discord uh, a real paradise on the internet. So shout out to Haley. I look forward to having her on more stuff in the future. Um, also, sure. we, have, um, we have the Game Championship running right now on Patreon where, you know, at the end of all the podcasts when I ramble on and say, you know, things like Perosian number six is officially the champion of Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, you know, that type of thing. Um, We took all of those games that people were the champions of over the last four months and we're putting them in a series of polls, all randomized. Uh, But we are choosing, well, the community is voting for which game we should create bonus content about. So it's three days of these and then over the weekend we're going to have a public Twitter poll to determine which game that people have championed that we're going to create bonus content about. Um, Sarah, good news. The first poll yesterday, the winner was Mm -hmm. The Herbs Sims in the City. (laughs) And right now for the second poll... Black Eyed Peas? That's right. It's a close race between Hi-Fi Rush and Pajama Sam No Need to Hide When It's Dark Outside. So the community is just nailing it with some oddball choices, but I'm curious to see what wins for the third poll, and then uh, you can vote on Twitter over the weekend for which game we create bonus content about. You can throw your name and your game in that pile by supporting... I would love for something as weird as Pajama Sam to win. I know. Well, I mean... We just did the match 
Magic School Bus. I know. Maybe that's, we did such a good job with that full playthrough of the Magic School Bus games, Sarah, that everyone's like, this is the sweet spot. It's like weirdly we're educational. We're actually only going to play old video games <laughs> that actually don't have any ends to them. No, but they're all educational and enough and they're kind of fun. So thanks everybody for being at that game championship tier and making this all happen. And thank you to supporters like Joshua Ayers, who's the champion of Puzzle and Dragons. Clement Zobel, who's the champion of Shadowrun Dragonfall. Andre Silva, who's a champion of Dark Cloud. They will not let Dark Cloud go. They have it just in their grasp over and over again. Steve B is the champion of Destiny 2 Lightfall. Hunter Blessing, the champion of Guitar Hero 2. Very good choice. Jesse Spencer, the champion of Yakuza Like a Dragon. Hell yeah. Thanks to everybody at that tier for making that happen. Thanks to everybody for getting us closer and closer to that pet documentary. We are so close within striking distance. If you want to go support us on Patreon, we'd appreciate it. Otherwise, hey, thanks so much. Kyle, I thank thee. (laughs) Great. You're welcome. Sarah, I thank thee. Uh-huh. How you doing? I think he's doing an AI outro again. <laughs> <laughs> this is me trying to be nice, but Sarah seems so <laughs> eager to get the hell out of here. Do you have anything to say for yourself, Sarah? I'm going to go throw myself in a snowbank. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, Leo, and I thank thee for being here. And I thank thee, my good man. Oh, thee to all. Fare thee well. Thanks for watching or listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Be good, have fun. Let's go. Let's go.